Hello, I'm Ian. And I'm Darren. And welcome to the Average Bikers in a Cave, a show where a group of bikers chat and share opinions about all things motorbike, from news, reviews, interviews, and the big questions. If you like what you hear, then be sure to subscribe, tell your friends, and leave us a review. On today's show, along with our usual ramblings, we will update you on some news from the biking world. We have a little special on the man, the legend, the retiree, Valentino Rossi. And also, we will tackle this week's big question. Advanced riding? Yes? No? Definitely? Maybe. This week's episode is sponsored by Afterground, an exceptional drone, wedding, portraiture and events photography and videography company that specialises in capturing video and images on the ground and in the air in a style that is modern yet timeless, interesting and vibrant with a focus on exhilarating moments and pure fun. Using their experience, skills and knowledge, they will work with you to ensure your videos and photos are exactly the way you want them. For more information or to chat to the team, head over to www.afterground.com or check out their Facebook page. Check-in time. Da, 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 da. This is, I think this is going to be busy this week. It's been relatively <laughs> busy. Um, so... Um, and I will start with what happened to me a couple of weeks ago, shall I? <laughs> I'll wait, till, wait till I tell you what uh, happened to me. I, I think it was literally on the way back from recording the last podcast, possibly. Oh, the day, a- oh, the the day, day after. after, it was pretty uh, close. Riding along, uh, riding along, bobbing along, dee-dee-dee. And, uh, and I got hit by an owl. Yes, that's correct. A big blooming barn owl came flying at me, bounced off the car in front, and then all I saw was like, it almost looked like the, you know, the, the kind of German eagle thing that you see up in war movies? You know, just a big pair of wings and a big face coming right at my helmet. <laughs> we are missus. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I got hit by an owl. Um, luckily, stayed on the bike. Like, literally bounced off my helmet and my shoulder. I went flat back, checked the mirror. The bowl, the bowl, the bowl. I've checked my bowl. My bowl certainly did something. Um, the owl, um, Bounced along the road a wee bit and then flew away. So um, no owls appear to be relatively badly harmed in the making of this podcast. You'll be <laughs> just in case Peter's listening or bikers for that <laughs> I mean, matter. The I fact know. that you managed to stay on the bike, stay on the bike, was <laughs> quite impressive. You know, I think um, a wee bit of extra jet propulsion coming out my backside as I was <laughs> going to the one side. It's the Freudian slip. Hit me, plop me back up again. <laughs> so, so yes, yeah, so um, be careful out there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, when you're on your motorcycles, um, because owls do fly into you on a bike. So there's two <laughs> things that got me about that. The very first thing was like, oh my God, hope that helmet's all right, because it's a really, you know, in the back of my helmet's really nice. Um, and secondly, I thought, it's a high-class calibre of predator you have. Where well, you absolutely, are. Yes. Everyone else has pigeons and seagulls. Yeah, You've nah. got full-blown Edwig. Yeah, so now when I messaged uh, Darren, when I messaged you about that, didn't I? I said I've just did. been hit by an owl, and you meant, of course, you're in Kilmacombe. You've got a far higher quality of predator to, yes. to crash into your motor vehicle. Everyone else gets idiot pigeons. That's it, pigeons and no, 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 pigeons and moths. And you get, <laughs> I've got an owl. That's a barn owl. It's lovely. You know, I'm pretty sure it was as shocked to see me as I was to see it. Flood, poof. So, uh, so that was it, number one. Number two uh, in my check-in, I think, which is pretty, pretty cool, um, after recovering from the owl incident, uh, was was down in London uh, um, last weekend, was it last weekend? Last weekend. And popped into the bicycle shed, um, bicycle company, bicycle shed company. Uh, bi- the 
bicycle gen moto company <laughs> motorcycle club <and> that's it <laughs> They don't make it easy to be aye, fair, right? The bike shed company bike shed. showed it. Showed it. Showed it. Showed it. Yeah. Anyway, super cool place. Absolutely amazing. Loved it from the minute I kind of walked. I sort of drove by it the night before. So I mean, I'm going there. Amazing place to go to. If you love your, if you just love being around anything to do with bikes, right? It doesn't matter whether you're a sports biker or a hog or whatever. It's just it just oozes that kind of love of bikes, you know, the decor, uh, the, the people that work there, all the, you know, all the posters, and it's absolutely amazing, Most and we put a couple of pictures up on on the Facebook page, so if you haven't checked out the Facebook page yet this week, then have a wee look. Uh, if you're down in London, it's amazing, and it has motorcycle parking for people, so you can actually ride your bike right into the thing, and they've got a big, massive, right into an owl, they can just ride the bike right into this <laughs> huge, big, um, kind of archway, it's like, it's like setting set arches, a bit like the arches in Glasgow, and, um, and you can, and they've got a big garage area where you can park your bike, what's really cool about it is if you're sitting having your lunch, or your breakfast, or your brunch, or your, I'm so hungover, I need fat food, that was me, then, what was it? Oh, absolutely. That's another story. Nothing to do with bikes, but but it does involve at least eight, nine glasses of wine, plus champagne, plus digesties, plus a Vesper martini later on. Ooh. Mm, yeah. They're dangerous. Yes. So uh, you you hear the bikes coming in and out, you know, and obviously it's, there's a lot of hogs going in and out, so the noise is just tremendous, you know, it's, and you're just sitting in this atmosphere, you know, and the merchandise is really cool. I mean, I've one or two pennies in the shop. Yes. Yep. But they also sell gear, proper gear, like all the bell stuff, long way up stuff was all in there. Knox, Knox armor stuff and all the, So they've got a really nice selection of um, proper biking stuff. It's not just Aye, trendy gear. touristy stuff, you know. But I know. Yeah. I think our, our, I would say friend of the show, not yet, but hopefully after next weekend. But I know Mr. Borman does spend a fair bit of time in there. Um, and they do a whole load of other stuff in there. I mean, I think they run a custom show, a custom competition. I think every year. Yeah, yeah, they've they've and they've got the po- they've got the posters of that up on the wall every year that they've had it, and all the you know the, the big names triumph and all these kind of people, Dainese, all these people sponsor it. You know what I mean? Aye. Also, I never went into it, but there's a really cool Dainese shop just down the road from it. Oh, um, is there? And uh, just down from Shoreditch, and it's a, it just looks amazing. I didn't get a chance to go into it, but I'll I'll be popping back there when I pop down to, to visit John. So, cause yeah. Uh, that's where he's moved to. So, um, uh, yeah, so really, really cool place. Absolutely cool place. We then took loads of pictures of the bikes, custom Ducatis and Triumphs and all these kind of things. Really. I sorry. know. So you, were, you kept saying that. It was like, ding, yeah. ding, You did say, keep, keep the pictures ding. coming. Th- 30, 40 pictures later. I was being polite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were. <laughs> Every time. It I, was being a pain. I was being a pain. <laughs> I was like motley. <laughs> I can't believe he's went down there. So really cool. So if you're in London, it's super biker friendly, and it's not, and it's and it's not as in kind of. I'm a biker. It's just super chilled, relaxed. It's really really cool. You know, all walks of life in there, just enjoying uh, stuff, and the food was amazing as well. That was that's what I was going to ask. How was the food grub? Was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Big, super bike shed, full breakfast. Oh, oh, yeah. With pork belly bacon. It wasn't even just normal bacon. It was big pork slabs bell. of pork belly. Homer. Oh, nice. So uh, if you if you like a, a good breakfast, then I recommend that one. Absolutely. It's worth, I think, just going down just for that. T- totally. Just going to London just to go there. Absolutely. And it, it, um, 
Uh, and as I say, if you if you're down in your in your bike, just right ride it in and have a wee park up there. So very very cool, very cool Aye. place. Yeah, very hip. Uh, so um, if you're listening, Bike Shed Motor Company, then uh, thank you very much for your hospitality. And uh, Average Bikes in a Cave are happy to receive any free stuff. Go on, boom for this, for this plug. I know we should get in contact and just say, can we come record that episode in your shed? Absolutely. And do you know what? I think they'd be totally up for that. I, I think they'd be totally up for it. You know, I was telling them about it and uh, dropped off a card to the guys as well, you know, because I was, I did wear my Average Bikers in the Cave t-shirt. Did you? Yes, I did. Yes. I've got pictures of it with it on, but but I do kind of have my arms crossed over it because the first thing I did was have my breakfast and spilt tomato sauce on my white t-shirt. So. Even. <laughs> I know. to get you an Average Bikers in a Cave bib. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so um, so if we do put pop some pictures up, then uh, everywhere my arms folded, so over the stain. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable! You should have seen Susan's face when that happened. Oh, I can she imagine. Just, she just looked at me as if to go, "Oh yes, here we go." Can't take you anywhere. Exactly. Shocking. What about yourself, sir? I passed my advanced riders test. <laughs> We should, have you not got a wee cheery button? I, I have a cheery button somewhere. Yeah. Forgot I had a cheery button. Yeah, cool. uh, it was nerve-wracking. Even though the guy that took me out was absolutely tremendous. And he was so... He was he was trying his damnedest to put us to... Or put me at ease and kind of walking through it and stuff like that. But it's still, it's one of those ones you've spent all those months riding and you get to that point and go, I just want to pass. More nervous than your bike test? More nervous than my Mod 2 bike test, yes. Yeah. My Mod 2 bike test, I didn't feel any nerves at all. Mod 1 was terrible. You know what I mean? My brake light my Mod 1 must have been like a disco. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> my, my leg was up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. <coughs> you know what I mean? My leg was away at its own little rave. You know what I mean? Um, and it was transferring its way through to the back brake, which was, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm lucky I didn't give the examiner photosensitive epilepsy by the time we've done my <laughs> 10 minute mod one so yeah but uh, again we're going to talk about that a bit more later um, in terms of what else I want to talk about New Rock um, because New Rock I've got a couple of new lids out which I was super excited to see yes so was I absolutely I got I got really quite moist <laughs> thinking about them <laughs> And by all accounts, there's a couple of guys out there, a couple of YouTubers out there that have the rock helmet, and they, you mean, they're so light. They are a bit noisy, but you're always going to get that with a light helmet anyway. Yeah, we know that, having the, we both use the the Rafa 11 VHCC, which is a super light helmet, but yeah. it, it can it's, be a bit noisy. Yeah. But they were bringing out the Joker and the Batman helmet, which obviously our regular listeners will appreciate. Ian's, how can we describe it? Addiction. Mild, mild interest, <laughs> addiction, mild interest um, in all things comic booky and geeky, and especially DC and especially Batman. That mild interest. Aye, and the Joker helmet I thought was just outlandishly garish and amazing. Yeah, it was it's everything just, it, you'd want. Totally, a helmet about the Joker to be. Aye, yeah. The Joker was wearing an actual helmet. I mean, that would be the helmet because it's it's phenomenal. It reminds me a lot of the kind of Venom helmet. The first Venom mm-hmm. helmet was just, just uh, it was amazing. Um, but the Batman helmet was a letdown. I was gutted. Actually, I was super disappointed. Now, and this is not this is not that it wasn't a beautiful helmet. It is a stunning looking helmet. And there's a there's a Rurock helmet that looks very similar to it. 
black and graphite greys and things. But the, the Atlas Three, yeah, think the Atlas Three, and they do it in a black and kind of yellowy, you know, kind of mm. some kind of just like yellow details. I mean, and and maybe I haven't seen the whole helmet, it, it, and I'd like to see it in the flesh to, to get a real sense of it. But it essentially, to me, looked a bit like that helmet, which is a, which is a beautiful helmet. Rock, don't get me wrong, it's a stunning helmet, but it's just a couple of Batman decals put on it. And, right. I, and I know there'll probably be more to it, but certainly the how you see it in the in all the kind of the videos, the, the video stuff, and everything that they show you, it just doesn't look. It's really understated. That's you said that earlier. On. Aye, really the, understated. They and, could have done a whole lot more. And, you know and again, I appreciate Batman is dark and mysteri- you know he's he's not garish and he's not you know it's all about that dark you know hiding in the shadows kind of thing and everything. So that you're kind of limited, I suppose, in a, in a way in what you can do. And and if it's based around the new film and the new film looks like it's going to be like super dark and super kind of kind of low key and, and everything, I suppose that's what they've gone with. But you know, I've got the HJC HGC, um, Batman helmet from the the Justice League films. Then whether you love the Justice League films or hate the Justice League films or whatever, um, it does look like a Batman helmet. You know, it's got a bit the big thick Batman logo on it and on the top of the helmet and in the back. And there's nice there's details in that helmet about you know where the you know where the kind of Wrist and arm guard things and all that kind of. It's got. It's almost like yeah, painted in kind of painted in. Not the fin idea, mm-hmm. but you I mean you can definitely tell. You I mean there's a lot of influence for that. Yeah, and that helmet. Whereas the Rurok one, again, you're right. So far, and what we've seen, it's a bit like you know, I've just taken an Atlas helmet and popped a couple of stickers on it. Mm. I could have did that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I probably would have. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck yeah. on there. Um, so a bit disappointed about that, but I can, I can, st- but it doesn't take it away from being a beautiful helmet. It just doesn't seem like it's there's, there's that much of Batman about it. No, and I think the difficulty is, is I don't know anyone that stocks Rurok helmets. I think it's only it's from all online, them, isn't it? Aye. I think it's all from them direct. So it's not as if you can walk into a a JNS or an Infinity or whoever your your local you mean bike shop happens mm-hmm. to be, whether it be sports bike shop or whatever, and go right. I want to, oh there it is there. I have a feel. Have a look at it. You mean you're having to shell out the best part of four hundred quid to order it to get it to then go yeah don't like yeah. it and then have to go through the the heart I don't know the heartache but the just the ache of sending it back. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Um, again, I was going to say something else. Yeah, family show, uh, but. Aye, it's one of those ones. Maybe they'll be there at the. They might be at the NEC in December. Yes, which means you can go and have a look and, and try them on everything. That's and that's the other big thing about a helmet. I mean, I've bought a few helmets online and I've been lucky. They've been right. They've been the right size and they fit and, and they're all great. But you know, you know, sometimes you can get. I suppose the 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 worst fit the one I've got is I've got the just I kind of picked it up for a bit of a laugh, but I do I do adore it is the. Um, the X-Wing pilot Aye. open face helmet right which is, which is just but you know it's great for just five minutes up road to my work and stuff like that it's it does look pop- cool it does look cool as. but it's it's probably the worst fitting helmet I've got <laughs> you know what I mean but, uh, but it's, it still fits safely but you know I think if I tried it on in the shop I might not have bought it aye or, see the problem with that is especially HGC I think the I don't want to say the cheaper end of, the mar- of their range aye. Are, they are a different size and shape. Do you know what I mean? Whereas when you go up to the more expensive range, mm-hmm. they are a slightly different shape. I've got another HGC and it's not the same size because it was the kind of it was my first helmet. It was an entry level yeah, helmet, yeah. but again, 
it's it's not the same fit and size as what the Rafa is. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those ones you can have you're outweighing the the kind of finish of the helmet by the price scale. Ah, absolutely. Because so I've got the HJC Spider Man one as well. Oh aye. Um which is the cheaper end, I think it was only about hundred and twenty nine retail or something. And then I but I the only reason I bought it I picked up the sale for about like sixty quid or something, you know. But surprisingly enough, it's actually quite a comfortable helmet. I was quite surprised that how you know that one was fine, yet the the Star Wars one was a bit more tight and a bit more kind of, but then mm, kind of digs into your neck and stuff a bit. So anyway, with the strap, but you know, it's it really is. If you're going to spend a lot of money on a helmet, either be prepared to do the whole returns thing and all that, or go and try them on. HGC, obviously, when they made the X Wing pilot, because you get it's the original one. It's looks. Ah, it's looks. It's, it's not Bo Dameron's one. No, no it's, no, it's looks one, and uh, they've obviously made it on a Lucasfilm nineteen seventies. Budget, Aye. the same as they did the movie. Aye, Possibly, much. yes. I would, the Paul uh, Dameron one might fit absolutely beautifully. Uh, Who knows? I doubt it though. I, d- I, I think they just it painted it a different colour. But it's got a nice, you can have brass plaque at the back. It says for the anniversary. So, let's see. It's worth it just for that. Even exactly. just to hang it on a wall. Yeah, so for that. Yeah, I've got them up on the shelf in the room. So the you know the Spider Man one doesn't come out very often, but when it does, so it'll be looks really cool sitting there. We say we say that about the Rurock helmet, right? But if we if we go to the Bike show NEC and they're there and it's like one special. No, 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 no. Oh, sorry, Susan. He bought another helmet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just because it's a Batman one. Uh, but there you go. But aye, that's me this week. It's been um, it's been fun in games. It feels like it's been ages since we did the last episode when John was here. Yeah. Even though it's it, it has only been a couple of weeks, it's felt like. Weeks and weeks and weeks because it's for me it's been about reading that highway code and trying to memorise the highway code. And I'm just, just, my, just my work's been crazy, so it's aye. just it's so. Yeah, but anyway. good to get back in the cave. And then this week, obviously, we're recording this on Monday, and on Saturday we are off to the West Coast, West Coast Harley, Harley Adventure Weekend. Yep. Um, and we're gonna meet. Mr. Charlie Berman, yeah. which is just absolutely buzzing. We've yep, got totally. We've got maybe average bikers and a cave gift. Yes. So if, if by some medical Charlie's listening to this before Saturday, we'll see you on Saturday. We'll see you on Saturday, mate. Yeah, good day. If you, if he's not listening, then ignore that. Uh, yeah. you know what I mean? um, if he's not listening, he'll hear it retrospectively. <laughs> so um, you know, he will because we're going to need to try and get him to re plug for the show. Absolutely, it has to be done. Has to be done. <laughs> and we will bribe him with gifts. Oh, aye, totally. Absolutely. Aye, we've got plenty of gifts. Uh, I'm not going to make any bones about it. I'm going to slut ourselves out. You've been trying to get some sort of... You you bought those Kevlar suspenders, didn't you? Sure did. Yeah, good man. Yep, and the rearless chaps. Cheeky. Oh. Mm. It is with as Harley Davidson, after all. We could get away with it. But that was the check-in. There we go. Thankfully. Uh, it was uh, to be honest. It's actually we, we did know it was going to be a bigger checker than normal yes, between aye. between you and your Harry Potter moment, and then you getting the joys of running up and down the road. So, but there you go. Holy Hedwig, Batman! Hey, <laughs> that could be the name. That could be the name of the podcast. That is going to be the name of this episode. <laughs> Holy Hedwig, Batman! That's the. There you go. That there is going to got be, it. Right, sorted. I'm going to take note of that. <laughs> Uh, where you uh, introduce the next piece. Yeah, so um, as we said at the during the intro there, um, we cannot let this um, piece of news pass, really. It depends. Even if you're not the biggest MotoGP fan, and we're not the biggest MotoGP fans, but... No. 
you can't you cannot help but appreciate how stupidly talented these people are on those bikes and um, when you see them um, and I think stupidly talented is a great way of describing it because you, you have to have a couple of screws loose to be able to go around tracks at that speed in these bikes or you know uh, what's of steel yes exactly yeah um, it, certainly an owl crashing in them would not phase them one single bit these guys so I, um, I don't think they'd lose half a second no probably not no it, it would be boom, straight through it absolutely vaporised it'd be a bit like um, if anyone's watched the boys uh, the TV series of boys when when the superhero just runs right through the woman, you know, and just that, that would be what it would be. Yeah, and I'm no spoiling anything because it literally happens at this opening of the film, at the opening of the TV series. There's no spoilers there. That is literally how it starts. So, because anyway. I've not got a spoiler yet, but we'll, we'll snook it on that one. Yeah, okay, right. Um, so, um, anyway, so as I was saying, um, we appreciate stupid talented people, and this week we saw the announcement of probably one of the most insanely talented individuals to ever throw on a Power Ranger suit and straddle a bike. Um, so this is our special on that, and that is for Mr. Valentino Rossi. Um, I first knew about Valentino Rossi um, as a brand, you know, you'd, you'd heard Aye. the name and everything, but there was uh, there was a shop in Barcelona, and, there was, and it was just full of like the coolest stuff ever, and I thought, my god, this stuff is amazing, the Doctor this, and the, you know, Val 46, and all this, it just, it was just, and I, and I spent a fortune in that shop, <laughs> uh, just because, and, I've st- and I think I sent you a picture, I've still got my my um my headband thing, my Valentino Rossi headband that I bought right, maybe thirty years ago in in, uh, in Barcelona, just twenty five years ago or something in Barcelona. Just wow. He is one of those guys though that has that brand. Right. You think of like Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, the CR seven yep. thing at football. That's his brand. Yeah. You Roger Federer and his RF and all that. Exactly. Yeah, and Nadal, his wee logo thing. Yeah. You've got. Um, Dwayne Johnson's got mm-hmm. Project Rock or Planet Rock or whatever they call it, and then obviously Rossi's got his little thing. So awesome. very interesting. The biggest, the biggest um, regret on Rossi gift, the Rossi things is I love Oakley sunglasses, and mm-hmm. it was a limited edition forty six, and I never, I kept going to buy them, and I kept going mm, just a bit expensive, just a bit expensive, and and actually in hindsight, I, you know, wish I had them. So. But what did they do instead of Oakley's? I bought Lance Armstrong. So, you know, there you go. I backed the winning horse there, didn't I? <laughs> anyway. Aye. Massively great judge of character. You Absolutely. Are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go into a bit of history on, on the man, the legend. Would you class him as a goat? I don't mean as a... <laughs> you know I, mean? I mean as in the goat. Yes. I totally agree. Can't he? Can't fault him. No. Um, I just... Aye. <laughs> uh, Valentino Rossi. Uh, he was born on 16th of February, 1979. So he's actually closer to our age than I thought. Yeah. Uh, in Urbino, Italy, which is one of the more northeasternly kind of towns um, up towards San Marino, but on the kind of cusp or the, the, the side that the, the Adriatic Sea's on. Son of Stefani and Grassino... Rossi, young Rossi was riding at a very early age, probably in part to his father being a former motorcycle rider, racer. Um, Rossi obviously helps you get that kind of. Aye, when you're when you're, you. when you're when you're about bikes for that young age, I know. I'm still trying to install that in at least one of my children. Mm. The other one's too far gone. It's too late. You're alright. You're salty. There's, there's there's very few. I suppose there's very few people when you find out these sports people that haven't 
been influenced because they've been at it from such a young age, whether it's judo or, you know, running or biking or whatever it is most, Aye. you know, like Colin McRae's dad and all that, you know, all these, all these really top quality kind of people like that, they've always been around it since a young age, it's kind of in almost, their blood, isn't it? And there's probably questions on whether it's something that's, is it a DNA trait that's getting passed in in some sort of nature or nurture? Yeah, exactly. Um, Rossi was all he was big into carting um, at an early age, uh, and at five years old, um, he had his 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 cart modified from sixty cc's to hundred cc's because it wasn't quick enough. At five, that kind of tells at you five. a story. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean? I know there's a lot of wings out there that struggle to walk at five. That owl um, wouldn't even that owl wouldn't even have caught him. No, oh. no, or he'd have caught it on the way by. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at age 11, uh, Rossi won the regional carton championship and then that took him into the world of Minimoto. Uh, at the at the end of the following year, uh, he won a number of races. In 1993, Rossi got his first chance to race 125cc motorbikes and joined the, is that Kajiva? Kajiva, Kajiva yeah. team. Uh, and his first... Could it be Kajiva? It could be. And it does sound better when you say it like oh. that. Kagaiva. Kagaiva. That, that sounds that like sounds that's like not a knockoff of somebody being able to take down, you know, <laughs> Afghanistan terrorists <laughs> with, a, with a spanner and a rubber band. You know a mean? coat hanger. Kagaiva. Kagaiva. In his first race meeting, he crashed in the very first bend um, just after the pit lane, uh, but he did go on that weekend to finish in an overall ninth, which is actually quite respectable considering you bend it on the first bend. That's, that's pretty impressive. So he must have been about 14 then, or 13, 14 when, Aye, he, when he did that. When he did that. It's funny. And he did, he did I've, um, a friend of my sister-in-law, um, her son's now riding for, I think it's KTM, doing all the kind of motocross stuff and everything, and they've just moved out to America and all that, and it's, it's really cool. But he's just a wee boy, do you know what I mean? <laughs> he's been doing it since he was like six or something, you know, again, it's like being around bikes forever. It's, you know... It, and the ironic thing is, is they could be riding bikes for that age... All the way up until they're 16, 17. The minute they want to go on the road, they're going to need to go into a CBT. I, I, like, I know. It's hilarious. You know. <laughs> really? I know. So I, I can I'd say, anyway, as we were saying, you know, I digress slightly with the KTM thing, but just it's, it's, it's good to know there's still talent getting out there and the teams are picking oh, up. Aye, totally. and, and, you know, this is just a, it's just a wee guy for, you know, south of Scotland, you know, and he's now travelling the world with the KTM guys, which is absolutely superb, you know. Um, but all through 1996, so we jumped a few years, uh, Rossi was racing 125s with his first ever podium coming in the 96 Austrian Grand Prix, where Rossi took a third place finish. So 1996, he's still no, no past his CBT yet. Or he's just passed, no, maybe just, just passed his CBT, uh, whilst uh, placing third in the Austrian Grand Prix. Okay. Um, at the following race in the Czech Republic, he bagged pole position and went on to take his first ever 125cc class victory. And the following the following day on an Apria RS125R. Which is a quick 125. It's That's one of the, I mean, I don't know about at the race level, but I don't know if you were buying one for the... Aye, for taking out the boot. For taking out the boot on the one two five, it's it's right at the maximum in the BHP yeah, for the yeah. one two five category. Uh, in ninety seven, Rossi found his uh, groove and went on to dominate the one two five season, winning eleven out of fifteen races. Um, so three hundred twenty one points that year, and in nineteen ninety he jumped up to two hundred fifty cc. So his kahunas were getting um, stronger and stronger. Uh, and he came second overall that year. So to jump a category and come in second like, on the same year you jump up a category um, is just insanely talented. 
Uh, and yet again, in his second year in the class, he dominated with a total of 309 points. Jumped to 2,000. And he's now racing 500cc. So he was given a seat with Honda, um, where he was mentored by five times champion McDoon. Uh, at the time, 500cc was the highest class in world motorbiking racing. Uh, it was, again, the slow start with points kind of here and there, a few retirements. Um, but on the ninth race at Donington Park, uh, again, in classic British weather. Sun split in the sky, was it? For the first five minutes. <laughs> and then rain, then snow, then back to sunshine again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rossi bagged his first win. Uh, he went on to grab more podium finishes throughout the season and went on to finish second overall. Another second finish in a rookie season. So he jumped for 250 to 500 and finished second. Can you guess what happened next in 2001? Let me think. <laughs> Did he decide to give it all up and take up crochet? No. Okay. He went on to absolutely smash it. Uh, he dominated in 2001, so his second year on the big bike, uh, with 11 wins, only missing three times on a podium finish. Wow. Uh, he finished that season with 325 points, 106 ahead of his main rival, who was Max Biaggi, uh, a third overall title. In 2002, MotoGP was born. Um, or MotoGP, as we know as MotoGP, we know MotoGP these, yeah. these days. With um, the big bikes. With the big bikes. And it originally started with a 990 class, uh, CC class. In 2002 and 2003... Uh, it saw two more titles with Honda before in 2004 Rossi switched to Yamaha. And I think Yamaha's when I first kind of became aware when he was right. That's what I always remember yeah, him as Yamaha because you remember the blue with the yeah. yellow. Mm. Um, again, despite everyone's concerns over the switch, Rossi did what he does best and he absolutely dominated. Uh, in 2004, uh, he took the title by 47 points and then in 2005, he won it by 147 points. Um 2006 and 2007 brought about a few crashes, um, some of which weren't his own fault, um, but he still managed overall second, missing out only by five points um, to Casey Stoner. I love that as a surname. Any 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 Casey high high end athlete, right? Who's <laughs> who you know? Who's clearly like totally on the ball, you know? Like a cyclist, like a cyclist, I <laughs> no. And uh, so, but a high end athlete on the ball, you know, clearly super physical, super alert. Whose surname is Stoner? Uh, the Raiders have got a Raiders have got a player called Stoner at the moment, playing in the preseason games. And, and I just it just makes me giggle every time. It's go, almost. Uh, I'm going to use say, Al- the Stoner's got the ball. I'm going to use Alanis Morissette's definition of ironic, but that was ironic that was because it. if anything, being a motorcycle rider at that level, going at the speeds those guys go to, ah. they need to have reflexes that are beyond human. Hope you're listening, Colin. And to be <laughs> to be called Stoner, you know what I mean? You're like, what? Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. Again, hope you're listening, Colin. Please remember that when you're at your big bike. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, but <laughs> dead earlier. Sorry, it was me, isn't it? That's right. So I was just, I was just actually imagining Colin trying to um, get his knee done, get his knee done while sparking one up. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, uh, I could see him. I could see him giving it a go. To be fair, <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> we digress slightly. <laughs> 
After two seasons with no titles, a few people thought, well, it's not going to happen again. That's Rossi. He's done. He's at the game. He should retire. However, he had other ideas. Of course he did. He, he, with a tyre change to Bridgestone, Rossi claimed a boost in motivation. And after the first race, it looked like a carbon copy of the year before with Rossi taking fifth and Stoner winning. But it wasn't. Rossi started to dig in and took a second when... Casey finished seventh. I, I keep, if I'm going, if I keep saying Stoner, Casey. I'm just going to bust it laughing. Um, backed up by three straight victories, and it looked like Rossi has basically said had a point to prove. You know, he's like, I'm not getting beaten by the Stoner. That's Aye. what he was basically saying. Right? You know what I mean? Because uh, because being the doctor, I've got to look after his health. He's not good for you being a Stoner. Got, you, you know what I mean? Um, that that was a really tenuous pad. What? <laughs> anyway, he's lining up for race number fifteen. Rossi just needed another podium spot, and the title would be his. It was an up and down race. Rossi was dropping in and out of winning position, even fifth place at one stage. But like a true champion, he pushed on and in lap 14, he passed the race leader who just happened to be... Casey Stoner. Yep. And then pulled away from Stoner's Ducati to eventually cross the line and win not only the race, but his fifth MotoGP title. So then standing on the podium, his red t-shirt read... You, this is Italian. Scusate, il ritardo. Which means sorry for the delay. What I said probably doesn't mean sorry for the delay... <laughs> But I am purely reading it phonetically from what's written down. So, in fairness, I'm going to give the, I'm going to give your listeners a kind of insight to the to the when we put this together. Uh-huh. We had already kind of written out the podcast and the, the kind of the kind of rough lines for the podcast. And then we thought, here, wait a minute, I think we're missing something. Oh, yeah, that's right, we're missing Rossi <laughs> retiring. Yes. We better put that in there. Mm. So I quickly, I you mean, know, mocked up. I mean, kind of some of the kind of facts and life, and I just thought that was quite interesting, and I thought it would be quite good to give that to you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> you yeah. can take your triumph news. <laughs> uh, so, um, I'm sure, I, I'm sure my pronunciation has left a lot to be desired, but essentially, on his T-shirt was the Italian for "sorry for the delay." That year, Rossi finished with 373 points, which was 97 points ahead of second place Stoner. He just likes his stoner. I was hoping to get away with minimal editing this week. It's just no going to happen. No, absolutely, sorry. 2009 was a bit of a repeat of 2008 with not a great start, but gathering momentum as the season went on. With 306 points, Rossi took his sixth MotoGP title with a gap of 72 points. Jump on a couple of years. It's 2011. Rossi jumps ship and moves to Ducati. Which you would imagine would have you would have thought would have been a match yeah. made in heaven. You know what I mean? The Italian wow. kid with the Italian superbike, um, but it wasn't to be. With an overall fifth and sixth place the following year, it was a low point for the racing legend. In two thousand thirteen, Rossi returned to Yamaha in order to try and recapture that winning formula that he once had, which wasn't that long ago. Um, but well, all with all the world, will in the world. Um, he never went on to win another MotoGP title. Between 2013-2019, he would finish 4th, 2nd, 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 5th, 3rd and 7th. In 2020, Rossi finished 15th in the, the title race. And as it stands today in 2021, he's currently in 19th. Yeah, And it's on the 5th of August 2021 at the Stygian, 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 at the Austrian, One of those. At the Austrian MotoGP, uh, Rossi announced his retirement from MotoGP at the end of the 2021 season. So, from his first 125cc win in Austria, 
through his 26 seasons in Grand Prix, starting in, in 424 races, winning 115 of those and with 235 podiums and massing a total 6,333 points to date. If you love your stats, that's the sentence for you. I think the only rider to have the same number through his whole career, the number 46, will always be renowned with Ventilo Rossi, because, probably because he's one of the greatest motorcycle racers of all time. If they could retire a number, that's what you'd want. You know, like in baseball, they retire numbers. Aye, and did they did they ice hockey? Yeah, retired Gretzky's number. That's right. And and aye, you would you would right. want to just retire number forty six, wouldn't you? Aye, I think it should be. I think yeah. it's, it's a pure mark of. I mean, I think his stats. When I was looking in and reading loads of different stuff about him, his stats don't make him the world's most successful rider. He's number two, but in terms of modern riders. He's by far the he's Aye. he's, he's yeah, yeah. in front. I think the the only guy that's above him is some other Italian guy. I feel like way back in the fifties or forties. Oh, or actually, when they, when they still pedaled. Aye, so it's <laughs> when <laughs> it was Aye. literally he he had the title because he managed to live longer than everybody else. Aye. So Aye. I think that's the only thing that stopped him. But I think I think in modern terms, I mean, or not even modern terms, in kind of the new era. Yeah, you mean uh, he's by far. By far the, the greatest racer I think we're going to see. Um, yeah, please retire number forty six in MotoGP. I think that's aye, totally. And I think he's he's chucking it to concentrate on the admin of his. He's got a he's got a motor racing team. I think it's VR forty six or something. The VR forty six race team or something right. like that. So you right. think he's going to mm-hmm. focus on that kind of stuff? So cool. yeah, like that, a fair play to him. It's it's funny, and, and you you do you do see it, and you think when's the right time to retire? Do you know what I mean? When is the right time for, 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 for you to be, do you, do you retire at the top of your game? Do you retire, you know, when you're sitting currently 19th in a, in a season? I think somebody like Rossi, it doesn't matter because he's achieved so much. Just being able to still go on a bike and do what he's doing is, is incredible. Aye, and you look at it, it was like, you mean, mm. we talked about it there. You mean, that, that six-year period where he didn't win, you mean, Aye. he was still, you mean, fourth, second, Third, fifth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't until you can go to 2019, he went to seventh, and then 2020 and 21. Do you mean he's? But I suppose it's one of those things. If you love riding bikes at, like that, aye, you're going to. Why it. would you not keep doing it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and I suppose if you've if you've achieved everything, do you still have the same drive to achieve it again and again and again, or do you just say, do you know what? See, this season, I'm just going to have fun. We should have. But ideally, right? But, Ideally, what we should have had was our kind of resident expert, average biker, MotoGP specialist here. Oh, Mr. T. Mr. T, because he watches it, you mean, um, we... He plays it when he's going to sleep in his headphones, doesn't he? Aye, Aye. Uh, and he does watch a lot of MotoGP. I wouldn't be surprised if if his alarm clock goes... (laughs) Quite possibly, quite possibly. And his text tone does the same. Um, Because... Tio would have been able to wax lyrical and tell you all sorts of, you know, mean weird, and he could have picked race by race because he watches it. But unfortunately, Mr. Tio can't be here with us today uh, because, again, we should cover this and check in. Um, his wife gave birth to two lovely babies. Come um, play with us, Danny. Uh, th- yeah, <laughs> twins. Twins. Like the shining. <laughs> um, so, hence why he's not here, but yeah. Just while we're on that point, big shout out to to, yeah, to your congratulations, to your buddy. congratulations, and Irene, keep him in check, keep him off so that bike. Yeah, I mean, just so that we can laugh at him not being on the bike. 
Yeah. Like, honestly, it's not it's not about safety or anything. It's just about us being able to say, we're on the bike and you're not. <laughs> aye. Aye. You should have kept in your trousers. Nah, 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 nah. Uh, but yeah, so maybe at some point in the future we'll get them in and we can talk a bit more about MotoGP and stuff like that. But yeah. I think, you know, we could do we could do that kind of like whole kind of obscure MotoGP quiz. We could think up like what's a really weird question. So I'm seeing. And test them. Test them. Ah, the he's probably listening to this new absolutely trembling. Yeah, absolutely. He's going, oh, I watched a few. Yeah. <laughs> but there you go. So, aye. What colour was Valentino Rossi's socks in 1996 <laughs> in the third race of the month <laughs> of the Grand Prix? What colour is Valentino Rossi's special underwear uh, on a Saturday night? But there you go. He's you gone. Go. Give him an image. That's give him an image I didn't really so, want, but thanks. Like, and there's still that. be loads of merch out there. There's still be loads of Valentino Rossi merch out there, I guarantee it. Oh, absolutely. Because now that he's retired, I think his he's brand thing's just... We're going, going to start to look back and at thing, that. He's, and only, he's only retired from MotoGP. He's not retired from business and from sports. And if he's got his VR team, VR forty six, and everything, you know, hey, that's, all, that's yep. all going to be there. Of course it is. So yeah, they should start the day with the day in tennis and do a seniors GP tour. That'd be, that would be. But they'd have to terrifying. <laughs> Dating really old bikes. Dating aye, aye, old BSAs for the nineteen. 50s. Yeah. Aye, that would just be lovely. Talking about BBC coming to the background, um, somebody posted on um, one of the, the Facebook pages or something like that. It was a, a, a 70s information film about about um, riding safely. Um, I'll, I'll find a link and we'll share it on the average bikers Instagram and all because it, it is hilariously funny right because it's that old Charlie here drives safely but his friend is always in a hurry you know this kind of thing and of course <laughs> the, it's um, and it's but it's it's an old triumph it's quite cool <laughs> that's why I watched it <laughs> so um, um, and a BSA right so um, but it just made me think of <laughs> Darren doing his IEM <laughs> 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 So we'll we'll share that on our social media pages for you to watch because it's very yeah. funny um, about the about the sensible one and then the you, the, the the upstart and, and his cafe racer so scooting about late for work, you know, you know. It's it's, it's very amusing. Yeah, I, I, we should record the whole podcast with that. I need to try and find some sort of plugin where that just changes your voices to that the whole time. That'd be amazing, isn't it? Like, Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Yes. Well, today we are talking about safety on your motorcycle. <laughs> In this week's big news, Winston Churchill. No, it's just no love. But no. Anyway, Ta- we'll, talking of, we'll find that. We'll share it on social media. <laughs> it, is, it is very, very good to watch. I love all those old seventies public information films. They're super. Oh, I got the Green Cross Code yeah. guy, the guy who used to tell you how to cross the road. Yeah. It looked terrifying. But at the same time, they were telling you not to talk to strangers. Yeah. Don't talk to strangers unless he's a big green man. In which case, that's perfectly acceptable. In latex and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, think, I think the one I've, I've always loved is um, we've digressed slightly as we always do is the hypothermia one with the guy going this ma- this man looks drunk but actually he is dying <laughs> oh <laughs> alright calm down big man <laughs> I know in Glasgow you're like that there's a load yeah, of folk at hypothermia it's <laughs> Saturday night hypothermia central do you know what I mean <laughs> I'm sure that's a cocktail on a few bars in Glasgow <laughs> probably is eh? can I get two hypothermias and a zombie thanks <laughs> Uh, anyway, anyway carry on. Big talk, news. Talking of 70s <laughs> news. Yes. Hello, it's now time for the news. <laughs> you're, you're incredibly good at that voice. That was a nice leader. Incredibly good at that voice. I, I, I can't take all the credit. There was a whole lot of plugins I downloaded 
for the uh, software thing going, what are my hands if I tweet? Oh, that sounds quite good. What if I add that? What if I add that? So, yeah. It's visually very exciting to watch Darren do that, though, because he actually goes all kind of stiff and upper class kind of, you know. <laughs> it's time for the you know, It's time for the news. At this point, his shoulders are actually in his earlobes. Do you know what I mean? That's <laughs> you shut your throat <laughs> off. <laughs> anyway. Big news. Well, I say big news. News. After Valentino Rossi chucking it, there's not really much no. bigger news. That, that'll be the Valentino Rossi chucking it. They kind of went, was there something missing? Is that the one? Aye, Aye that's the one. Yeah. Uh, Yamaha plans for the future. Uh, as we talked about a few weeks ago, uh, the big man, the big four manufacturers, or big or four of the big manufacturers, not the big four, because no. I don't think there's big four, but four of the big no, manufacturers. That's, that's beer in Munich. That's the big four. Aye. Anyway, kind of. We're talking or coming up with a, the swappable battery for electric bikes. And while that development continues, Yamaha, who are one of the big fours, have showcased some concepts um, of the models that it's hoping to release in the coming years. Um, their overall plan is to push for carbon neutral by 2050, with an expected 90% of their bikes being electric and another 10% being synth- synthetic carbon neutral liquid. Mm, that sounds a bit kind of sci fi, doesn't that's it? You know? but I know. I'm like, oh, hello. Mm. That, can, that's can a just, new one. Can you see him? It was like Dr. Hugo, it's, you know, we've ran out of synthetic carbon neutral liquid in the, for the, the time. For the TARDIS. Time circuits of the TARDIS, you know? <laughs> Now, while that sounds aggressive, the company's only targeting 2.6% adoption by 2030. So it's a kind of slow burner, and then once it gets gone, then they're hoping for that great adoption. Again, it's, it, I can understand that, because until it becomes affordable, you're not going to get a big... And oh, all right, and there's, there's an infrastructure for it. Aye. That's the biggest kicker, Aye, I think, is exactly. the infrastructure. Um, the four vehicles, um, and yes, I'm going to say the word vehicles, um, that they've showcased are as follows. They've got an E01 which is a scooter equivalent of about a 125, but promises 90% full charge in an hour. And is uh, is that the one with the wee that looks like something that a Total Recall, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Total yes. Recall? Aye. Yes, with the yellow writing on it, that's Aye. the one. The E2, which is the kind of same, oh, very similar looking, mm. um, but with red in it, uh, is another scooter <coughs> using an existing frame from an already... Scooter that they bought, yeah, um, y- and you can see that because it does. It looks a bit less futuristic, yeah. Uh, and that's not. A, I'm not. That's not a, a no, bad thing. If you like scooters, are cool looking me things. Aye. To be fair, um, but again, that will utilise the the swappable battery. Mm-hmm. Um, a power assisted trike, come scooter, um, that's already been manufactured in small numbers. The Tri Town Three or Triton Zero Three looks like something you would take on a train and then nip around the city centres in. Aye, uh, what's is it? Um, those fold away bikes, isn't it? Is that what that's what it looks like. It's it looks like, like a fold away bike that's been kind of had a kid with an. It, it, it kind of looks on. like. Aye, what, what's happened is you've got on a tube in London with your fold away bike. You've banged into somebody else with a fold away bike. They've all got kind of tangled up together. And you've tried to unfold them. They've created this bastard child of a of an electric scooter. <laughs> I'll yeah. bleep that out. Aye. <laughs> no, no, because no, you, you don't have to. Because that's the correct grammatical term for for the word. The word is not being used as a sweary word. That is actually. It does look. It does look like you've nicked somebody's front wheel, doesn't it? it does like, totally. like, ah, the bike's got yeah. uh, the chain breaks quickly and. It, the brakes got kind of mangled up. Having worked in social care, it looks like the kind of thing you'd buy at a mobility shop. <laughs> you put a wee basket in the front, you know what I mean? You'd be all right, you know, if you'd, if you'd maybe had osteoporosis or something. I don't know how it corners. If it uses that same technique, Aye. The, the, <clears throat> that same, t- not technique, but the same, what's the word I'm looking for? The same 
I, I, Aye. You, I mean, see the nico- see the nicking that they have that's got the double front wheel, the motorbike with the double front wheel. Oh, yes, yes, it yes. It uses yes. that kind of lean and... Aye, the, 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 that, aye, that, infras- that whole technology. It's not infrastructure, but it's... The, aye, aye, the way that the, the, the wheel leans, but the, the the shock takes a lot of that. So yes. that it's, it's not just leaning, it's going up and down. It looks like it's utilising similar technology, yeah. which... I mean, and everybody's learning this and this going, why are you two idiots talking about? Uh, go on and check it out. Yeah. Try Town 03, you'll see exactly what we mean. We could maybe put those pictures up on the social media as well, just to like, yes. you know, that'd be quite cool. Because it it's, it's very hard to understand what they look like, um, although I can describe the last one really quite well, but because um, <laughs> it looks like Johnny Cab from... looks <laughs> 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 like Johnny Cab from Total Recall, right? I'm gonna cab, and um, but yes, it's if it uses that same technology and that same, um, you know, um, structure thing, whatever the word. Can I, can I, get I know. Can I get it? If you're listening and you know the word, please post on social media. You can get it on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, uh, that's gonna annoy me now. What uh, that? What does, this is gonna be later on through the podcast. Go shout it. Just it's, shout. It's, um, lastly, uh, the and again we've talked about Johnny Cab, but the the N the LMW, uh, which is an inverted trike, so again two wheels at front, one wheel at the back, looks a bit like a June buggy meets Johnny Cab. <laughs> to be fair, Johnny Cab was pretty squared off in the Total Recall film. It's like if Johnny, it's Johnny Cab if Total Recall was made now. There you go. Uh, it stands for leaning multi wheel, and it's not that dissimilar. If if you get a have you had an inverted trike of those? Remember those BMW scooters with the roof? No, they, they were out. They were quite big, maybe about kind of fifteen years ago, and there was like a BMW had a scooter, but they had a roof, you know, and you would just look at it and go, buy a car, you know. So just like a big kind I of that, thing that, that, top, that, you know what I mean? Obviously, with the, I think what they've said is is the roofs will be on them initially. Right. But where do they then start to make them so that they either can take the roof the roof off or you can leave the roof on or whatever? But initially they'll obviously be built like that, like yep. a little June buggy <coughs> with a kind of perspex roof capture thing on it. Um, again, it, I think it looks kind of cool. I don't see the I don't see the point in it because. <coughs> I, I think you're not filtering in that. You're not. No, you know no. What I mean, all you're gonna do is yeah, you're buying one of those scooters. But as a as a showcase for the technology, it is absolutely ideal. Yeah, Aye. and it, and it's the kind of thing that you you bring it onto a, a, a stage with lots of flashing lights and people and people go, ooh, that's different. And, and I think they've probably gone for super different to to showcase uh, the technology, and then they'll bring that technology and tie it in to have much more. Out of um, three, out of four of those, you're right. That last one's the one that stands out. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, um, and maybe you're right that that's just that. Again, it's 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 imprinting something in the back of your mind that goes, "Oh yeah, I've, I've seen that." It, it's kind of like it's the Yamaha doing electric. Aye, and uh, I think people when they think, or oh, I don't know if it's just a marketing thing or something like that, or you know, the, but this concept of of electric vehicles, people all of a sudden think of this utopian urban sprawling future where everything's quiet and everybody's walking about and big. Like the Jetsons. Like, like the Jetsons <laughs> meets Demolition Man, right? And you know, and you know, and there'll be and there'll be all these wee three wheeler pod things speaking you about a bit. You, you see it a wee bit in um, in in Westworld, you know, the TV series ah, and, yeah. and the later versions when they've got all these kind of flying, uh, you know, kind of drone type vehicles and stuff like that, and the, the bikes and everything that scoot around. The roads are always dead quiet, right? So you know, whereas you can imagine, as you say, we look at it practically and go, "You're not going to filter on that," you know. 
Whereas th- that's designed for a an urban setting where you know it's quiet enough that filtering isn't required. So Aye. I think it's good though. I'll give them. Their, I'll give them the due. It's another big manufacturer showing heavy commitment and yes. th- that moving to electric. Absolutely. But I am interested to see what the um, what this ten percent of alternative fuel is going to be. This carbon neutral synthetic liquid. Yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. Safe hydrogen tank, probably some sort of synthetic hydrogen. Aye, with hydrogen cells. I know that there's mm. there is cars out there that do that. Again, there's no. It's the infrastructure again. It's back to infrastructure. I Whether think, you I go for in the whole of the UK, there are only two garages that you can fill up your car with hydrogen, and they're both in the M25. Aye. Which again, you know, I mean, you're not going to need to charge it because you're not going anywhere to the M25. It's the world's <laughs> biggest car park. Yep, exactly. So, but there you go. That's what Yamaha's doing on electric. Brilliant. Next, we've got the n- a completely non-electric vehicle. Yeah, yes. Um, and we can safely say it's a bike. It's not a vehicle. It's definitely a bike. <laughs> it's a bike. It's the 2021 Apria Tuono version four. So clearly, you've given me all the blooming Italian stuff. Tuono. Tuono. You all know, the naked version of the RSV4 was initially launched 10 years ago and has been one of the best naked bikes ever since. So what's new for 2021? Well, it's the same 1077cc V4 engine producing 175 brake horsepower and 89 pound foot of torque, um, which is um, um, it's certainly not going to... You'll get to your shops in time. You'll get to your job interview in time if you're going for a job, won't you? <laughs> 209 kilograms dry with a seat height of 825 millimetres, um, which isn't too bad, I suppose. No, it's not it's not massively huge. No. And there are two versions. The standard version at 15 and a half grand comes with a more pillion-friendly riding seat and position, grab rails and a peg position uh, changes as well. You can change the peg positions. The rider position is still sporty, but a little taller due to a new seat. So probably really nice for a kind of sporty but still commuting type Aye, feel to it if you want to look cool but you know uh, a narrower 18 and a half litre tank new bodywork including moto gp style wings or ducks in between very beady eyes that are full led which is cool taller screen to help should you be traveling down a motorway or dual carriageway at speed um some engine tweaks and new part ceramic exhaust which helps the duono the Tuono. Meet Europe Euro 5 regs without impacting that famous mid-range grunt and power. 5-inch TFT screen, which is fairly small compared to some of the other bike manufacturers it comes with, but but it does come with everything you can expect. So, um, or need. The factory version doesn't have the improved pillion or larger screen, but it does come with semi-active Olin suspension. That's right, isn't it? Owens, isn't it? So, um, and it does, it's a lovely looking it's bike. It's lovely, lovely looking, looking bike, right? It's absolutely gorgeous, yeah. The front of it looks, <coughs> you know. It, it's. As you see, it, it's, it doesn't look too racery. No, but it looks meaty enough that but it's, it aye. could, I mean, it's it's going to pull away quite sharpy. You, you're sitting pretty high up as a pillion, though, isn't it? Even though it's pillion, you know, it's a more friendly pillion bike. It's aye, still. still it's, Head, sho- head and shoulders above the rider, do you know what I mean? But I can see how they kind of sit up and beg bits a wee bit more up there and, and not quite as bent over, which is nice. But it's a beautiful looking bike. Aye. Aye. Again, I don't know what colours it comes in. I mean, the one we've looked at here is the kind of grey one with the Italian strip. Yeah, it's the tank and stuff like that. It is a beautiful looking machine. Yep. Um, been nice if it came in some sort of kind of... Black and yellow. <laughs> it's got the same red. <laughs> but aye, black and yellow might work. <laughs> or white. 
Yeah. Uh, or black in general. Aye. It's a lovely piece of kit. Yep, lovely. Lovely. I need to find the need to find the nearest Aprilia garage. Next up, the Honda Custom CB thousand R. Honda have partnered up yet again with customizer Guy Williamson to create another limited edition bike. Guy's known if anyone watches a motorbike show with Henry Cole, um Skid. That's Guy Williamson. Um which I didn't know. You know I mean I, I obviously never heard the n- yep. well, never really heard the name. But then the minute I saw him, I went, oh, that's good, the motorcycle show. <laughs> I'm going, oh, all right, okay. I didn't realise that. Uh, but again, this is not the first time that they've partnered up with Williamson uh, to create something special. Last time round, they did a run of the CB1100 RS, uh, and it just, it's just the same. Uh, they're, they're doing exactly, well, not doing exactly the same, but it's the same principle. They're only building 54, um, and they're all individually numbered. Now, while there are no changes to the chassis or the electronics of the brace engine of the CB1000R, which is fine because it's a, it's, it's a beautiful bike. Why would, why would you um, change it? What they have changed um, is some of the cosmetic stuff. So they've they've made some few a few cosmetic changes. So firstly, the paint job has changed to the special Honda Endurance paint job, which is all hand-painted uh, with a little hand-painted Honda wing logo uh, on the tank uh, it's just like stunning <laughs> I know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful <laughs> look beautiful. Bike, isn't it? Uh, mm. a handcrafted uh, headlamp cowl which again looks gorgeous single person seat all hand stitched with a diamond pattern and then it's all leather laser etched is the 5-4 so that's 5 the number and then F-O-U-R uh, logo also comes with race fit exhaust, which apparently, and I'm going to do air quotes, circuit use only. Yes. <coughs> um, uh-huh, absolutely. Don't believe it. Cough, cough. It comes in £16,954, £5,000 more than a stock CB1000R. If I had the money, I would pay five. So it's pricey, right? But it's absolutely beautiful. It's, Absolutely it's stunning, beautiful. I've always had a little soft spot for the thousand R for the, yeah. the CBR thousand R, a CB thousand R when they brought it out, and then they brought out the six fifty and the one two five, and they, they all look very similar. Just obviously the engine changes, and there's a few little changes here and there. But I've always had that little soft spot for it because it's, just, it's a lovely looking bike. It's like a nice little TFT on it. The headlamp's beautiful. Everything. But this just takes it to a whole new level for me. Um, again, if I had the money, I would buy it. Uh, again, five thousand pound. I'm going to be pragmatic and say, if you bought a bog standard model at eleven and a half grand, and you had five thousand pound to spend, you could probably create something very similar mm-hmm. for probably less money. Um, you could probably get an exhaust that you could use on the road mm-hmm. for a start that put a really good sound. You could easily get the seat redone. You could add a cowl. You could add the, the little kind of headlamp cowl to it. You could, you know what I mean? You could do a lot of that for for that money. Um, but it's, I don't know. It's, could it's, you do it as well as that? I mean, probably it, not. Um, 
But there you go. Um, and have you got a wee button which just has like birds tweeting and kind of <laughs> love sound? Because I think <laughs> I'm in love. I think I'm in love with that bike. I really am. And guess what? It's not even black and yellow. And it's not even black and yellow. If it's black and yellow, you'd be out of here. It'd be like a door would shot and a podcast couldn't go on because I'd be a withering wreck <laughs> in the corner crying. <laughs> or you'd be halfway to Victor the Vines to put your deposit in. Exactly. Um, which, speaking of what. It actually qualifies because it's a CB thousand R. Right now, you can get seven hundred and fifty contribution for oh Honda. Yeah. Can you? <laughs> so for all the bikes, sixteen thousand nine hundred pound. Caught sixteen grand because Honda are giving you seven hundred and fifty quid towards it because it's a CB thousand R. Well, that's just mental. But it is absolutely. If you want to check it out, just Google um, five four or Guy Williamson, and it'll take you to his page. And he's got a little video of him riding it, and it looks even better. I didn't put that one here because I thought it'd be too much. Aye, no. You know I mean the pictures that we've got here and are not. I need to concentrate just, driving. Aye, it's, so, just, aye. it's just way too much. But I lovely looking thing, lovely. Next, we have a new Apria mid-sized adventure bike. So after an initial hint of it in 2019, they they've finally unveiled their new adventure bike, the Touareg. 660 Adventure. I'm just giving you the appeal as I said. I know, you're giving me all the stuff, the hard, the hard stuff to pronounce. <laughs> Tuareg. I think I've got it right though. I think Tuareg. Aye. Or maybe Tuareg. 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 I'm kind of basing Touareg. it around Volkswagens. I know, that's what Aye. I thought. Powered by the same 659cc parallel twin that's in the RS660 and the Duono 660, this engine has uh, had some tweaks made to fit this new adventure body. Um, which um, probably isn't that's maybe not the right word for adventure body is it adventure body no aye it's probably a bit more action here um, it now has focus on more lower to mid range in order to aid it round dirt tracks and or whatever you happen to be dirt tracks or in Glasgow roads uh, <laughs> which are just like dirt tracks um, peak power of 78.9 brake horsepower and maximum torque of 51.6 pound a foot and a dry weight of 187 kilograms so it should be pretty handy to scoot about. It which, be pretty agile. Which when I first when I was first reading about it, I thought, yeah, it's a bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but you've got to remember, it is a mid-range adventure bike, and you don't want it being too heavy, and you don't want it having too much kind of BHP yeah, and all that I kind know. of stuff. So when you balance it up, you go actually, it's it's, it's right it's right in that kind of yeah. not to say Goldilocks one if there is a Goldilocks one, but it's it's right bang in that. In the fun zone. Yeah, I'm just taking a wee picture because Dan, when, when he does all the copy, he takes a right. He always sends me pictures of the bikes and everything, puts it on for me to have a look at. So I'm just taking a wee picture of the of the amazing picture that Dan's put on the on the on the copy for me. It's absolutely fantastic. I'm 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 in love with the bike, so I'm going to share that on social media later. Um, it, it is stunning. <laughs> it's a stunning bike. The, the the picture that Dan sent to me of it. <laughs> That's funny because I've got that you, one. You get that. <laughs> I know. I think I think it's more to do with the fact that I'm reading off um, for some reason I'm reading off an iPad that doesn't want to show me pictures, but um, uh, but it, but it's <laughs> it, it will amuse you when you see it, you know. Um, so um, as we say, it is a beautiful looking bike allegedly. Um, it certainly got the nice, certainly got a nice. Uh, it's got lovely wing mirrors. Lovely, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I couldn't even tell you that, mate. But it has got a nice kind of end to its exhaust. Right? So. Anyway, as you would expect, right? That's that is actually quite a, a cool, funky-looking uh, adventure bike, you know. But it does look... That picture makes it look quite kind of small and compact, you know, which, as you say, um, you kind of need when you're kind of scooting about nice and light, don't you? Aye. So, 
Anyway, it comes with four riding modes, which with a customizable on and off road settings, traction control, cruise control, and adjustable engine braking, all programmable through a nifty-looking five-inch TFT. And as you would expect from a proper off-road, there is loads of travel in the forks and the rear monoshock, and with large spoked wheels, it has everything it needs to compete in the mid-range adventure market. Does it come with loads of cool boxes and things you can add on to and all that kind of stuff? Don't know. Don't know. We'll find that out. Maybe we'll give you an update on that in the next one. It definitely uh, looks like it has <coughs> the, I mean, the frame to support it. Yeah, just if they put so the boxes and that on it, I might have seen some of them in the picture. Would that give me something else to look at? No. No. Okay. Uh, it's it's completion clearly. What, 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 have you, what have you typed in there? It's completion. It's competition. Can you not read that? No. Competition. <laughs> To be fair, that's no I've, bad. We've I've got to leave one in. I have we've to been, leave one in. We've been through it for ages, and and I've not picked up on any of his other ones. I have to I've leave one in. Go. It's the, it's the norm. But now. sometimes it I have throws to leave me. One in. Sometimes it throws me. And I go, it's what? It's competition. Um, it's clearly KTM six nineteen Euro R starting at eight nine 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 or the Yamaha Tenere 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 yeah seven hundred starting at nine five zero two, but there's no pricing yet on this one, um, so. We don't know where they, where they sit with this one. Uh, the 20660 was starting at 9700, so the Walden will be far off that. Yep. Uh, it does look like a cross between a 2004 KTM Adventure bike and the new Tenere, but with Honda's Africa Twin red, white and blue paint job. Uh, I'm sure there will be an MCM 250 challenge in the future, and that will be featuring in it. So roughly the 10 grand mark. Nine and a half, 10 grand. It does look, It does look heavily like a... Like the Tenere, it does have mm. there's, there's bits about it that I'd look at when I first saw it and I went, it looks a bit like a Yamaha Tenere, mm. but again, that see that seat at the back does remind me of like the old KTM's, um, but as uh, as a mid range adventure bike, it's a nice looking thing. It's a, it's a, it's a really cool looking, and it looks thing, like yeah. it, again, it's got that it's got full skid pan underneath to protect the. The bottom and it's, it is kitted just taking a both go, yeah. And those little like, multi purpose tyres that are on it, you know what I mean? If you can see that, can you see the multi purpose tyres on your picture? No, you can't. No, I can't. I can see the multi purpose sand dunes in the background. Can <laughs> <laughs> I see the multi purpose tyres? <laughs> take it from me, multi purpose tyres. Yeah. Uh, the couple of little snippets that, that have happened, um, in the last kind of week or so, um, that I thought we should just take time to. To kind of cover off, um, just after we recorded episode nine, it was reported that Neil Murray, um, one of my favourite writers for for motorcycle news or MCN, passed away suddenly. Uh, at sixty three years old, uh, he'd seen, ridden, owned so many bikes over the years, um, and pretty much wrote about I think every bike ever ever made. Um, he had countless pieces of work through his media career, um, but most recently had written over three hundred and twenty five separate articles for MCN. His wife said that he's a, a larger-than-life character. Um, our thoughts and condolences go out to his wife Anne um, and the rest of his family and friends and all the guys at, at MCN. He will be sorely missed. Cheer us up, Ian. Okay. Biker Heroes. Ray Siemens. Siemens, is it pronounced Siemens? Like that? Yeah. Aye. Not a household name. Didn't run the TT, didn't invent ABS, but he is a hero. Ray is a 64-year-old retired detective and for the last 11 years has been a blood biker, devoting his spare time to volunteering in the transport of blood, 
platelets, samples, whatever the hospital needs. And last month, Ray decided to retire from blood biking after being on call every day since January 2020 in order to help move all the usual stuff, but also the added demand of COVID. In 18 months, he has had 11,000 runs, carried 17... So 1,100, 11,000 runs, that'd be... Wow. 1,100 runs... Uh, 1,100 um, 1, sounds better, doesn't it? Aye. 1,100 runs, 1,700 carries, 1,700 boxes containing anything required and has covered, again, in 18 months, 52,000 miles. And that is 52,000 miles. That wasn't my typo. That wasn't your typo. Um, all voluntarily. Despite the long runs, the sore knees and the all-round exhaustion, Ray says he wouldn't change it for the world. He also said... It might sound odd, but there's no better feeling than hacking through rain at 2am, turning up at a hospital and them snatching the blood from you while shouting, thank God you're here. He is now going to give his knees a rest for a little bit, and then he's going to enjoy riding his own Tiger 900 Rally Pro. Ray, from all of us here in the cave, you, sir, are a legend, and we salute you. Enjoy your retirement, and definitely enjoy that Tiger. 52,000 miles in a year. Wow. I know. I don't think I've ever done that, even in my car. No. Absolutely, what do you do? And your car, what are you doing? 10,000 miles a year or something like that? Maybe 10, 10 to 12, maybe is about the average. I don't think I've done 52,000 miles. Was he, was he actually on my bikes? Was he ever off the bike? Was he? It's frightening, though, isn't it? I can, I can imagine that sense of achievement, though, when you get to that hospital and it's just like. Aye, 2 a.m. I've, I've just saved somebody's life. Aye. Simple as that. You have just saved somebody's life. You know, um, and he's done that potentially 1,100 times. You know what I mean? Is that eleven hundred lives he has potentially saved? I know guys like that should be on the Queen's Honours list. Aye, no, your politicians and your, no. you know your your guys who are whose whose vanity project is sending themselves into space. What happened? Eh? What happens when billionaires right decided I'm going to run? Here we go. What happens is it? You, do you remember? You know, you, you walk you walk through Glasgow and you've got. You know, buildings and museums and art galleries, and you've got you know schools and all that, all set up by billionaires. That was their vanity projects back in the day. And now it's about sending themselves up into space to look cool. We, you know, on the plus side though, if they send themselves into space, it's the most, it's the most expensive job to get insured for in the US. Astronaut, right? Right. So what does that tell you? It's extremely high risk. Aye. So there's always the hope that one of these clowns sends themselves into space and doesn't come back. Well, there is that, absolutely. So, you know, but I just, anyway, as I said, you know, these guys, <laughs> right? <laughs> these guys should be the ones that are getting um, no, right. bla- no blashes into space, but do you know what I mean? Aye. But Ray there uh, is the ones that should be getting... You know, a Mate statue built to them. Aye, these are the guys that should yeah. be. They should be. They should be in top of a column in George Square or Trafalgar Square. Aye, no, some wee guy that kind of takes his hand out his jacket. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's go to the big question, Mo. Go hit your button. The big question. <laughs> Just confessions of you standing on a plinth, your hand in your jacket. Oh, fun and games. Uh, big question. Advanced riding, yes, no, definitely, maybe. So, again, in light of me passing the IAM Road Smart Advanced Riders course, we thought it'd be time to have a chat and address some of the questions that maybe come with that and then either share or split opinion yeah. on said subject. We, 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 we may actually disagree on this one. I know. I'm looking forward to this one. This is exciting. I know. You know, you, you know fine well that by the end we're kind of going, yeah. 
<laughs> but right, so with that in mind, we will try and get to the bottom of the benefits. Folks, the scre- folks screaming at their, at their. But at you their just, would you just disagree? <laughs> I know. Yeah. I've toured my life. I'm not getting back. Yeah, and you just sat there and went, "Yeah, you're cool. Yeah, you're alright. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, that in mind, we'll get to the bottom of the benefits, the cons, if there is any, anything that isn't of value, and anything we think should be taken into CBT and DAS as standard. And I think that's a good shout. That's the I. This is the bit that I'm interested right. in. During this, we will also look at the highway code, which I bet loads of people um, listen to haven't looked at in years, um, including maybe at least one of us who is talking in this podcast has looked at for years. You know, not you because you've been sitting studying it, but you know, yes, I've been sitting. Uh, well, and there's some significant changes, so you might want to have a wee a refresh of your highway code. So, so and. The UK, there are three main options for advanced riding. But there's probably more than that, right? But there's three big ones. You've got the Institute of Advanced Motoring, which is the IAM, which is the one I added. You then get the Royal Society for the Prevention of Accidents, ROSPA. Which is which you, which you, when I was at primary school there was posters everywhere for ROSPA. Nothing to do with motorcycling, but it, that there's such a big organisation just around health and safety and yep. and anything, you know what I mean? Or as yeah. or as that as we thought at the time, Killjoys. Killjoys. <laughs> 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 the second majority out of it. Uh <coughs> both of these are registered charities and have lo- loads of local groups. The UK government runs a course and qualification called Enhanced Rider Scheme, or ERS. In the US, again, there's loads of various advanced rider courses from manufacturer-run ones um, through approved private-owned advanced courses. Um, And probably a few cowboys out there as well, because it's America. (laughs) Aye. Funny enough, I was watching Smoking a Bandit this morning when I had my breakfast. So good. Uh, Thanks for that gift, by the way. That was spot on. That was good, wasn't it? Yeah, excellent. Aye, that was my inspired moment this morning. So firstly, what is the advanced riding course? So these courses are designed to give you a toolkit of techniques and principles that are designed to make you a safer, more efficient rider. So what is involved in advanced riding? That is a question for all. Because I've heard it, I've heard it, you know, spoken about, and I've been out with a couple of guys, you know, back in the day, and they've 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 shown me a couple of techniques, but 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 what exactly is it? I think so. Um, we'll cover the IEM first because um, uh, Darren here has first hand experience of that one. First off, you get a welcome pack, and your local group will contact you and tell you where and when they meet up. And on your very first session, you will go out for what's for an evaluation ride. And that will let your observer see just where you are with that and will, where you're going to hone your skills and the techniques you will learn. So, a quick question. This may be covered later on, Dan, but are observers just people who have passed or are observers specifically trained to be observers? So, in the IAM, your observer has passed, uh-huh. obviously. The, so, if the, I was to the, come to you, would you, you could be my observer? No. All oh, right, okay. No. They're full members, but then they go on to do another course, right. which then... Cool. Get, let's then be local observers or because you get two you get local observer and national observer okay the system the IM use is based off of the police roadcraft so what the what your traffic cops pretty much learn yep okay. uh, the system allows you to enhance your observation sensible anticipation and accurate planning skills to deal with any potential hazard thus making you a safer rider and a, a more thinking rider so it's about reading the road ahead of you but it's like reading the road ahead of you in steroids with that probably Pretty much, uh, yeah. um, after about eight sessions with a local observer you hopefully are in a position to go and take a test 
Test lasts about 90 minutes. Which, oh, 90 minutes? Jeez, that is a stressful 90 minutes then, isn't it? Aye, it gets better. Aye. You are followed by an examiner, and all IAM examiners are service of retired police, oh, yeah, it's getting worse, who hold the PAM, Police Advanced Motorcycle Certificate. Yep. Um, do you have to be a service of retired policeman to be an IAM examiner? Or does that an examiner? Uh-huh, they, examiner. All, they all are, yeah. They all are, yeah. Yep. Um, you'll get 60 minutes riding on various roads, including motorway, town riding and twisties. Sometimes you'll be asked to do some slow manoeuvres if you haven't managed them on your run. Then you'll stop, usually at a coffee stop, and have a chat and answer some questions in the system and on the highway code. All going to plan, you pass, and then you're a full member and an advanced rider. You can pass or you can get a first pass. A first is where you scored ones, the top mark in every area. Darren, did you get a first pass? No. Okay. Moving on swiftly. Now, <laughs> Ross... Thanks for that. Cheers, pal. <laughs> um, so, Ross, but is very much similar in terms of the aim of the course and what they're trying to achieve with you, the rider. It's a four-day course where you will learn to develop hazard management and risk reduction. The Rosper test is 45 minutes. This is already far more appealing to me than the IEM test, to be fair. <laughs> uh, to an hour, and is carried out by a Rosper examiner, all of which are serving... A ret- oh, you still get the blooming serving the retired police officers, yep. haven't you? That, that's quite a heavy pressure on you, isn't it? And you can pass it bronze, silver or gold level. Gold being um, the best, obviously. Uh, the government or DVSA run enhanced rider scheme is a one-off assessment of around two hours, and if your skills are up to scratch, you get a certificate. You get a wee piece of paper, um, and if not, you get some personalised training to improve your skills. Then you get a certificate. So is that a bit like your CBT, where you can't really fail it? I don't know if you can't really fail it. I think it's just a they get you to go out and do stuff, and then. If, if they, stuff they, they, they want they put you back they, at you. They, they, tweet, uh, they, tweet, they, they tweet your skills a wee bit, and then they go, oh, do you know what, thanks for coming. There right, you go. Here's your participation. Right, pretty much. It's a bit like a, a typical government at the moment, isn't it? This whole nanny state, this whole kind of, you know, here's the badge for participation. Exactly. Aye, it's lit. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I, I would, I am a Rosper fools if they got a bit more clout about them. Those are the ones that tend to be recognised by insurance companies. Aye. And those are the ones that will get you a bit of, I mean, depending on your insurer, will get you some sort of discount. So, but there you go. Um, while doing a riding course, make me slower. Is it? I mean, you see that question quite a bit. Now, clearly, undertaking any advanced riding, um, while under supervision, means that you stick rigorous, rigorous, rigorous. Can can you say that? And I, I've spelled that right. Rigorously to the speed limit. You've actually written religiously. Maybe it was meant to be religiously. I have no idea. Again, I'm a bit rigorously, fine. rigorously, vigorous, vigorously, rigorously, 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 rigorously. Anyway, you might anyway. stick religiously to the speed <laughs> limit um, when you're out with the obviously unobserved runs because that's part of the that's part of the mark. Um, you need to be observing all speed limits. If you don't, you get marked down. But 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 we we never go over the speed limits. No, we never. We absolutely never. And I have never seen an IAM observer or senior observer go over the speed limit. Exactly. <coughs> Again, okay. which which is the law, and we, we should all be doing. <coughs> Again, uh, assuming everyone is sticking to the speed limit, then not. I mean, becoming an advanced rider is not going to make you slower. Assuming everybody's sticking to the speed limit. Okay. Now, if anything, I would argue that even while the main purpose is to make you safer or a safer rider, the skills you develop let you see and anticipate far sooner 
which means you can be more progressive when you're riding. So there's two good examples of this where techniques that are designed to obviously keep you safe, but they're also designed to make you be progressive as well. Yeah. Going into a corner, your position, um, you position yourself in order to maintain that safety bubble, okay? But also in a way that allows you to see further in the bend. That makes sense. So funnily enough, that was one of the techniques that I was shown way back in the day when I first noticed it. Aye, so if you're going into a right hand bend, there's no point in hanging. You mean the the apex on the inside? Aye. You know what I mean of the road. Further, the further to the left, yeah, the if more you're going you're to see further the to the left because then anything coming in that maybe misjudges the corner isn't going to hit you because you're protected because you're further out. And not only that, you can see that further. You can see where the road starts yes. to straighten out again a lot sooner. Um. And it, it just gives you that more advanced view. Um, secondly, developing your reading of situations and further along the road allows you for more s- overtaking opportunities. Um, I'm going to say this was one of the things that I struggled with the most. Mm-hmm. However, on the day of my test, I managed to go up, get one in beautifully, uh, which is even my you know, the guy that runs our group, when I sent him my run sheet, which is my kind of scores, he even went, really? An overtake? But again, it's one of those ones. I've seen I've seen observers, observers make overtakes on roads that I would originally have went, no way can you overtake on that road. There's just no way. However, when they break it down and you go back and you take that road slower and look at what they're looking at, and again, this is just practice once you get that toolkit mm-hmm. you then you de- you then enhance that toolkit by continuously practicing so you, that. you can only get better yeah exactly um but it does mean that where other people are maybe waiting on a straight to overtake you mean you see much more opportunity to get past vehicles if you have to mm-hmm. um and still while maintaining safety still creating that bubble running about you, but you can get by stuff a lot quicker. I mean, most cars generally will slow down for corners. It's just because they can't go around corners that the way. You mean, yeah, it's, it's just just physics. Yeah, 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 yeah. um, whereas motorbikes don't need to slow down as much for the corner because well, they've got much more road to play with, and we are much smaller and thinner, which means straightening at some of those corners is so much easier. Providing you have that vision to see what the rest of the road's doing and that's where and, that, and that's a mind trip I can even now I'm trying to think about it in my head and the roads that I tend to go on I'm going mm, really could you could you could you aye there's a aye there's a good one see if you're coming for yours into the back of Loch Winner aye there's a nice wee bit you know where the turning is for the Largs Road yes right see as you come down there there's a wee twisty bit of road down there you can actually see right through all the trees you can go Right on the opposite side of the road because you can see there's nothing coming. Wow. Right, the cars have to slow down for those bends. We don't. We can go boom, straight through. It's quite. It's, uh, that's what makes you. I know what you say that is you're not you're not slowing down. That makes you not quicker, but you actually you can be more progressive. You'll get there quicker Aye. because you're, you're because you're being more progressive and you're not getting Aye. stuck behind and you're not getting stuck behind stuff that normally potentially you would be stuck behind. Before. We bet we bet we are blue rings out taking the Aye. taking the cat to the vet. Exactly. Um, previously, the IAM have run track day sessions, 
where you can get. Can I just say it could also be wee Roger with his flat cap? I don't want to be sexist here. I, I, it you could know, be Roger with his flat cap taking his lizard to the annual reptilian show for the West of Scotland. Yeah, uh, okay, just could be. Recent. Yep, absolutely. But I cover all the bases here. Yep, no, totally. We don't want alienate him. No, the I've already want to insult everybody. <laughs> so I wanted to. <laughs> I would go with that one. I, but where's other insult everybody? Um. Yeah, they, they, they used to run track days um, with the IAM, but obviously with COVID and that, that's Aye. just never happened. So, um, And that's where you learn, to, you can, again, learn to get the bike over a wee bit more, which means you can be a bit more getting into corners, depending on conditions, because sometimes conditions mean you really want to be upright anyway. So, But yeah, I'd, I don't think it makes you slower, if anything. The reason I did it was to be know that I could go out on a run, however long it may be, and always come back. Aye. That was the, you know I mean, the fact that you learn you can make overtakes if you want, you know I mean, or you're learning that scene further up the road and anticipating and being able to go, well, actually, that road straight was all the way up there. I can see that. I'll just go for it and I'll take by, I'll take, you know, I'll pass this lorry or whatever because he's having to slow down to stay at the area in that corner, mm. whereas I can straighten it out and go right past him. Yeah. So, cool. But there you go. So, what are the benefits then? Obviously, you've, you've touched on a few kind of, kind of, Practical, just kind of reading the road kind of benefits. The greatest benefit of advanced riding or learning the skills and system employed by these organisations is that you are actually a much safer rider. And I think you probably hit the nail on the head there. You can go for a ride and you will come home. It's probably the best, most simplest way of um, describing it. It's not you say that without it, you'll know, go on a ride and come home, but um, you'll come home, uh, it'll be a safer ride. It increases your chances. Increases your chances, yeah. Um, uh, you'll be a much safer rider and your awareness and planning for potential hazards is greatly improved and if that increases your chances of going a run or a tour and coming back in the same condition physically that you left in which is fit and breathing then that's a benefit <laughs> and also I would imagine mentally as well because you know if you have a if you have a scary near miss because you've done something that you've no read right or whatever you know you know you can an owl flies at you or something do you know what I mean Aye. if you've not got the toolkit to deal with that <laughs> you know then See how we bring it all back round again, it's great, right? So uh, we fly it all the way back round. Ooh, I don't know. So, exactly. <laughs> so um, it gives you that skill, doesn't it? You know, it gives you that but that um, kind of presence of mind to be able to deal with it. And then you're not then going to be all shaky or shooken up or whatever or freaked out either. Aye. Yeah. The, with the, I'm not going to name his name, but the examiner that I had, um, he had a little card in his pocket, right? And he took it out and... He didn't. He read it, but that wasn't for my benefit. That's his benefit. Mm. That's something that he has. He keeps it in his pocket. He doesn't need to read it because he knows it. Aye. And that's just him saying to himself, right? When I go out, I want to come back, blah blah blah, and do all that stuff. And every time he comes back, even if it is just a half hour run, he'll come back, have a cup of tea, and he'll give himself five minutes to replay the whole run, right? Aye. And go, what went well? What didn't go well? What could I have done differently? Mm. What did I miss? Was there anything that I missed? Aye. So that he can then enhance that skills. And I thought, that's quite a clever thing just to give yourself that 10 minutes. Just to kind of, you know I mean? Like, oh, I hit an owl. Yeah, Is aye. there anything I could have done differently to avoid the owl? Yeah. No. <laughs> anyway, when you join the AM... Oh, well, actually, some insurance companies recognise your advanced rider status and can factor this into your renewal, but not all do it. No. You know? And it's a bit like these things... You know, don't if you get a, if you get it if you've got advanced rider, t- certainly tell them about it, and uh, you might get a discount. You know what I mean? Yep. But not necessarily. When you join the IEM, at least 
um, there are organised runs that are open to associates, which will be the name given to trainees. Um, so you were an associate, but you'll now be a member. Yes. Is that right? Excellent, lovely. And to members... You're just desperate to call me a member there, weren't you? Mm. It's a family show, of course I wasn't. <laughs> uh, so to those of us, uh, to those of you who have passed, uh, I say those of us who have passed, I haven't passed, there isn't any us here, there's a you. No, I know, but... but uh, it's fine. Um, uh, so your group what, uh, had two a month, yeah? Yeah. Uh, one Friday night chip shop run and a Sunday all day. Yep. Uh, Friday night chip shop run just does quite excites me, to be fair. Um, usually uh, brunch in there somewhere. Uh, there, there are... Additional runs if you want to go, but there's no obligation. Do you have to do your two runs a week? No. No. no so it, you, you it's can purely join just a social run. Social run. Aye. You can join and do the runs and pick some stuff up while you're there, and then eventually you can go, actually, you know what, I'm going to take this, I'm going to do some intensive stuff. Aye. And there's usually a guy at the front leading, and a guy at the back just picking up any stragglers, and then it's usually just a mix of associates and observers, and it's literally just a run to go and get a bag of chips. Cool. You know what I mean? That works for me. Uh, so it's another social avenue for you to get out. And meet fellow riders again for all the hand groupies out there. If you don't know what the hand groupie is, then listen to episodes. I don't remember. Can't remember. I mean, four. Four. <laughs> four. <laughs> Must be four. We've said it. Must be four. Right. You know, of course, it won't be now. Anyway. <laughs> Darren. Aye. We'll look back and go. <laughs> wasn't it? It was episode five. Oh, yeah. Clown. Uh, any downsides? So, one downside that I can see is the time and the money um, investment that not everyone has. Um, they don't have either, or they don't have both, or they don't have one of the other. Um, the other downside, um, or maybe it's a benefit. I don't know. It depends love, how you look love at this it. phrase. Right, go for it. You start to see the mistakes um, and bad habits in other road users, um, not just your fellow fellow brethren on two wheels, but also pedestrians, mammals, 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 middle aged men in Lycra. Which I know, uh, and there's there is one guy who is an observer at our group. Um, and I used that phrase one night and he kind of took a bit of offence. Now, I know him quite well, actually, so... Um, <laughs> but he's a mammal. <laughs> he is obviously a really, really good biker. Uh, um, and and, and probably a very shift. safe, safe oh, cyclist. Aye, really, aye. But uh, he, <coughs> at the end of the day, he puts on Lycra, he's a mammal. Um, car drivers, bus drivers, lorry drivers, any kind of road user, mm. you will notice the bad habits. And you'll notice them probably after your kind of second ride an observer is you start to read the handbook right. and start to go through it and then start to read the highway code you go hey a minute how the is that what no, th- that person's doing it wrong mm. that person shouldn't be doing that I quite like to be the person that knows that somebody else is doing things wrong it's, it gives you that nice sense of oh superiority. I, it does it really so does. If, if you're that type of person, IM's probably spot on for you. Oh, you definitely. Get, you get to, in your head, be king of the castle, you know? Aye. The, the amount of stuff you see no, Even, even I'd like to shoot myself on the foot here, but even you see other motorcyclists on the road and you see they're going down a car, uh, they're going down a street that's quite busy with parked cars and stuff like that, and they're still maintaining a two-thirds position. So they're still towards the white line, when there's parked cars on either side and cars coming towards you and you go, that's not the safest position to be. Uh-huh. I would be out a bit and try to yell, but you don't want to be too close to the cars in case somebody opens it. But I'd rather hit a, I'd rather hit a car door median 30 as hit a car with median 30 and it doing 30 because uh-huh. that's 60 miles an hour. So it's just, aye, it's all those. And that's even a, that's not even the best example. 
I mean, mobile phone users. I think. I think. Probably, I mascara. Don't worry. Could good fun to do then. Maybe for a future podcast is for you and I to go out for a ride, and you can critique. What you're riding? My riding, I. I mean, you <laughs> remember the Tron incident? So. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, not Trun, that's a different thing, but a Tron yeah, incident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be Although it might be Trun when I type it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. Uh, that would be cool. Anyway, how much does it cost? That's, I mean, as you say, one of the restrictions is, uh, is price. You, you don't get it for free. It's £149 for the advanced motorbike course. Now, should have a wee brakes button there. Brakes on. I didn't pay £149. I went to the Scottish motorbike show the year before, well, it was the February, mm-hmm. and then COVID kind of went uh, and stopped the world on the March, yep. and I got it for 99 quid. So what? So there, there will be offers out there, so there are motorbike offers shows there, and things motorbike like that. Motorbike shows and all that kind of stuff, you can get it for cheaper. I suppose the, the aim of IEM, uh, and if you spell IEM a different way, it would be the aim. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. The, aim of, the, the AIM of IEM is uh, to have as many safe riders on the road as possible. So um, it's the kind of thing I presume they'll promote in lots of road shows and things like that, and you'll be able to, you know, so if you're thinking of doing it and you're going to a motorbike show or something, keep a wee eye out, I'm sure there'll be a local stand or something there, maybe yep. give me a couple of quid off it, yeah? Uh, it covers your membership, is that for the year? Or is that forever? I don't know, it's hard to, well, it, it's hard to tell because... Um, Covid kicked in, aye. so but it's aye, it should be for the year, aye. which should be like a full season. So that should be enough time for you to get in enough observed rides and whatever. But essentially, I mean, mine lasted a year and then some. Ah, well, fair I mean? enough with Covid. So, so um, it's uh, you get a quarterly magazine. Yeah, after you pass, you can forget all about it. Or there are a number of options. You know, cheapest being membership options being forty two pounds to be an IAM member. For £58, you can have a fellow membership, and this includes an evaluation test every three years. Okay, cool. Thanks if you could. Ross per course is £20 per lesson with the test, costing approximately £70. So let's say, what, 90 to 150 quid for you to get your Ross per certificate, yep. roughly. It's about the same. After a pass, your yearly subscription fee is £110 with Ross per, but you also get a three-yearly retest with that included. And the Enhanced Rider Scheme is £175 one-off for your participation certificate. Aye. Right. There are loads of other private-owned courses out there um, by schools who have trainers that have been through IM or ROSPA, um, but again, they probably won't be recognised you know, recognised by anything. Uh, it's, it's that whole thing, you know, are you, get, are you actually getting a good course or whatever, you know, the, the IEM, the ROSPA, and the government will be um, adhering to a particular standard that they must adhere to and make sure that you pass. So uh, be wary of those ones, but, you know, there may not be anything else in your in your vicinity, and it might be something that's worth doing today. Yeah. Vicinity's a good word. Uh, if you live in England, Wales, or Northern Ireland, or if you live in England, Wales, or Northern Ireland, there's also the bike safe workshops that are run by the local police. I'd throw these in, Darren just looks at me and goes, what are you doing? Um, which is worth a look also, yeah. Um, not sure the costs. Um, we didn't have anything available when we were doing the research uh, and they weren't running during COVID, so... No, I tried to book... Well, I say tried to book his own. I tried to go in and look for right. summer slots, but with COVID, it's just... Everything's, everything's still kind of semi-unhold. Yep. So, conclusions? Um... For me, I, th- I mean, let, let's take it in kind of order. Is it worth it? I think for the toolkit you get, I think 
the IAM, I don't know about the Ross Bronx, haven't done it, but definitely for me, the IAM one, by far, you know I mean, the, 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 I could, uh, even if I had a field test, I'd have been still quite happy, the fact that I'd learned a whole new set of skills, a, a different, not so much skills, but a different way of thinking when you're on the road, do you know what I mean, which I feel safer when I'm riding, um, not because I'm going any slower, because I don't think I am, mm-hmm. I, just, you're constantly giving yourself more leeway in terms of stuff that is potential hazard. There's a, there's a really clever video online as well that it's an it's an, an IAM observer down south um, and he's out with a trainee or an associate and the associate's out in front and the guy who's at the back is talking to him. They're on comms and he's talking to him and he's they're driving through what could have been Bishop and they're killing my comb. Right, and they're driving a village. Aye, and there's, right. there's a B- busy village. Most of the most of the right hand side is parked cars. There's right. nothing really on the left. All right, so it could be one of these villages where they, you know, I mean, you can only park on that right. side of the street that week, and then the following week you park on the other side of the street, uh, which does happen up here. You know, I mean, it happens in Kilmarnock quite a bit. Um, but as they're driving along, he's obviously commentating and he's t- t- talking to the, the associate as they're riding up. And then he says, oh, he says, and you'll see the guy standing at the bus stop, right? Now, the bus stop, there's two parked cars at the bus stop, right? This guy's literally standing at this little tiny pole that's his bus stop. And you can barely see him, right, because of the parked cars. But the observer sees the guy and he says, oh, you go see the guy at the bus stop. Must be a bus coming. So let's just move ourselves a wee bit in case there's a bus coming around this corner. Yeah. Sure as fate. Right, without a word of a lie, and I, if I didn't know any better, I'd say they were all in comms, including the bus driver. <laughs> As they got to the corner, ring comes the bus driver, and he is right on the white line. If you're in that two-thirds position, that's scarily close. Aye. But the fact that he's seen this guy standing between two cars at a bus stop that you would have easily drove by without noticing, um, he just had that wow. sense to go, maybe there is a bus, I'll move out. And it's things like that. It's like when you're driving down these streets, these again little villages and you see the bins mm-hmm. you go is there a bin is it bin day today must be the bins are out is the bin guy been last thing you want to do is go around a corner and all of a sudden there's two guys dragging bins up the street and there's a part bin lorry because you know they guys just do they just, they just, stop whatever, they just go for they it they just stop wherever they feel like it Aye. again one of the ones you look back at the highway code and go really stopping that close to a corner hmm or stopping that close to a junction hmm so from just if if I had failed it and no done the test, just the ninety nine quid to get that experience, mm-hmm. get that insight for guys who have been riding a lot longer than I have and at a lo- a greater standard than what I have, I think it's it's totally worth it. Um, you're selling it to me, son. You're selling it to me. <laughs> uh, but the other thing is, is because obviously we go back to episode four, five. Six, whatever one it is, I'll cut that out. Um, but the hand groupie in me actually enjoys the kind of the the ride part of it because there's some nights there was like two associates to one observer, and then there was other nights there was maybe two observers to one associate because you would have guys who were training to be observers out with you and a fully fledged observer, and you're hearing all the little bits that those guys are missing that are that. So you're learning all that as well as learning your own stuff because they're obviously watching you in your position, watching their position and watching what's coming. 
it's a lot to take in. That, that's what I think. I think I found when I went out and you know somebody had done their IM was just telling me a couple of things. I just thought it is so much to think about, you know. So when you're looking at putting that in, putting adding more things into the test, the first test, you know. And I remember, I I I'll probably get blown out of the water for forgetting it all, or remembering it all completely wrong. But you know, the, the your your bike test itself is all about you know, big position in the middle of the road so that you take up as much of the road as you can so that people see you. I think the mod too, they try and edge you towards the two-thirds position. Yeah, so, but but it's like, make sure that you take up your position in the road. And and, and I remember when I was out with John, um, who was... Command position, I think he called it. Yeah, and he kept saying, you know, I've got to own the road, I've got to let everybody see it, and he was swaying away out there. Now, I've already, I've always had in my head that whole thing when I'm going round corners, I go out to the left or I go out to the right, depending on, you know, the way the the, the corner's bending so that I can see more of it, and I'm, and I'm out the way, and, you know, if if you're, if you're going to the left, yeah, you pull out a bit, but you've got all that space to pull back in if a car's coming and all that kind of stuff, because, you know, it's less likely for it to be cutting the corner coming around that way, that kind of thing, but... So I so, so I've, I've always remembered that interestingly enough, um, and and I found that even without doing IM, but just knowing those two or three wee snippets of kind of technique, um, that I used to I would watch John and go, John, John, just put, just pull in a wee bit, will you? Just you know, just go a wee bit to the left, would you? You're going to this corner, just go a wee bit, you know. One of the one of the big things, and I think that's a real. I, I think to me, having known it now, but of course it's kind of ingrained in me now. But that's that's a really really simple, easy thing to pick up, understand and learn that they don't teach in your test. The one thing, and you're right, I think there's, because there, it is a system, right? The road, ca- I've got the road craft there, right? The road craft is like that thick, right? Uh, that's that's, a, that's a big gap between his fingers, ladies and uh, gentlemen. That's about an inch. That book's about an inch, right? right? And it's, that's the system that all police riders and, because and, remember, the IM isn't just motorbikes. You can do your car, Advanced riding mm-hmm. as well, right? So there's a that roadcraft book's about an inch thick. Our, the IEM book isn't that. It's literally just the kind of the, the little. It's almost like a cut yeah. down. It's like it's like a diet coke version, right? To the roadcraft's full on fat version, right? And they're teaching you enough of it. And I've read the roadcraft, and it's heavy, intensive, mm. right? And it goes into all different types of manoeuvres and overtakes, and there's loads of stuff in it, right? It's a really, if you haven't read it, it's so worth a read. But try not to get bogged in and taking it all in to mm-hmm. put it into practice because you better go into an IM or a Rossbot. I learn. do it rather than it. Aye, because these these guys will teach you the because it's great having the toolkit, but it's not all you don't always put it into practice. Example would be a left-handed bend. You're going to a left-handed bend. The position for the advanced rider, right, would be you're out at the white line because you're trying to maximise what you're seeing around yep. the corner because, again, that's giving you, one, the best chance to straighten out that corner, but two, most importantly, it's maximising your stopping distance. Here's a question for that, though, right? If you do that in your mod two, will you get marked in for it? Well, I don't know, and this is one of these things that you mean. If you actually have learned, or you know, like you're sitting there, and, and you know, one of your girls decides to, to to get on the bike, and you're and you're taking them out, and you're showing them, and they're following you, and they're following your line, yep. and you're saying this is because I do this, and I'm IM, and all this. And then they go and sit their mod too, and they get would would they get failed for no sitting in that two thirds position? No idea. And this is one of those questions that I haven't asked yet. But I, 
have every full intention of asking. And it, it kind of ties in with the Rossi <laughs> thing, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Rossi was clearly a far more skilled rider at 16 uh-huh. than he needed uh, to be for a CBT. He, was a, far, he was a far sk- more skilled rider at, at 16 than I will ever Aye. be. But you know what I mean? But it's, but it's that sense of, if you're, you know, can, can you be penalised for, for being better than you are? Well, see, this is where I think maybe the CBT and the, and the DAS course maybe needs to evolve a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Now, again, it's been a while since I've done my CBT and it's been a while since I've done my DAS. As you know, and I'll put this, I'll quite happily put this out there. I w- when I did my DAS, they were writing it down in slate and chalk, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pre, pre-1990. That's it. Um, the, what I want to do next is obviously get an inst- the instructor side of stuff, so I want to do CBT instruction. Mm-hmm. And then obviously maybe, it depends how things go, get into the, yep. that larger scale so i've been watching stuff back on try to kind of form almost lesson plans for cbt for the instruction and all that kind of stuff and there's some of the stuff that you're looking at and again it's just it should be a standard set by the dvsa that's what you do but i don't think it is because i've read the dvsa syllabus sheet and it's it's kind of open to interpretation right. do you mean? so if, if the if the mod two is the same Who's to say what's right and what's wrong? I think it needs to be a bit more cut and dry. We talked. I've an interesting question for you to ask your IEM guys for the next time you're out. Well, I'm going to ask the IEM. Shop run. Aye, I'm going to ask the IEM guys, but I want to ask. I'm going to ask an instructor on what their view is on it. You know what I mean? Because I know, obviously, we know Colin went to the guys at Biker School, which is the local biker. Um, the local biker school, one of the local biker schools to us. That's when my wife sat way, and you know, we sparked up. A, a good relationship with those guys, and hopefully, I can get in with those guys. And you mean, ah, absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. But I want to ask those guys' opinion because I think one of the their instructors is an ex police rider, so it'll be interesting to see what their take I, is, is on it, it. Is it almost like you've kind of got to go, I can't teach you this, and I want to? Well, that's, that's that, that's what I'm thinking uh, because you're be looking at it and they're going, you know, when you see some of these guys who present CBTs not at biker school or any of the affiliate ones that we know of, but more of the guys you watch on YouTube who are working for biker schools, right, down south, and they're going, right, okay, so when you first move in the lane, you want to be in that central of the lane position, and you're going, well, then you go to do the mod two and they try to teach you the command position, and you should yep. be that little bit further out, and, you know I mean, but is it, is that setting stone? Or is it you be in that position unless there's something coming towards you that's potentially dangerous, in which yeah. case you move across. And, and you get to a corner, so then where do you go? So is it that, and what the IAM uses is that don't, sac- don't sacrifice anything for safety. Safety always comes first. So if you're in a position and there's something coming towards you and you need to be in the complete opposite position, so if you're in two thirds, two thirds, two thirds, two thirds, there's a big massive attack coming. I'll go into the one third position and I'll be right out at the curb. Because that's the safest person. That gives me the maximum amount of time and the maximum amount of room yeah, between bubble. me and that lorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's those kind of things that, for all the system, as we say, we're saying, oh, it's a lot to take in. It's those kind of little things that you go, are we teaching that at CBT? Are we teaching that at DAS? Because if we aren't, should we be? Mm-hmm. I mean, should there be a standard where you go? Or are we teaching them to a standard that gets, like, like they do say when you pass your test, whether there be a car or a bike, that's when you start to learn. 
Mm-hmm. So as 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 I was just saying, do we get you to a stage? You know, aye. Do do we give you the basic skills to get you on the road safely? And then it's up to you to either learn by mistakes or advance that training. Yeah. So when you get, obviously, when you do CBT, the next training is doing your das. Once you've done your das, is it then a right? It's up to you whether you go and you you do it or you don't do it. So here's here's a question for you to help to kind of think about this. How what percentage of safe are you when you pass your DAS? And what percentage of safe are you if you do the IEM? Oh. Just, just ballpark kind of what you think. I think I'm at, I must be at least at least three times safer. At least, I think. And it's probably more. If you were actually to sit... It's difficult because because of COVID, I've staggered this over kind of like one and a half seasons. Like riding seasons, yeah. so you're April to October I, 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 time yeah. or April to, April to September, um, purely because COVID kind of knackered us. We were late starting the first mm-hmm. year I was in the IM, um, and then the second season because they were catching up in COVID, there was so many associates and no enough observers that we were kind of staggered and stuff. So it, it's difficult to remember what I used to ride like, Aye. but I know. I feel like I see so much more on the road, not just further ahead, but just I have much greater anticipation to other road users and what potentially is going to come. You know what I mean? Um, there's no point in me being away out on the right hand side if that bends so tight that and that, and that bus example is a great a great thing because that is something you come across everywhere. Uh, is you know. Buses pulling out and driving through the middle of the road. Aye. Bridge of Weir, which is a local village to us, is horrendous for that. And there's a bit in the, I mean, I know in Bridge of Weir now when I go down that road, I'm way off to the left. And it looks like I'm almost scraping against a blooming wall, you know. But I know how um, to anticipate anything coming around that corner. But if you didn't, if you were rattling through that as a biker and you didn't have that local knowledge, uh-huh. you know, but you had the IEM knowledge, you would do the same thing. But if yep. you didn't have the IEM knowledge, you'd be sitting in your two-thirds position, your command position, and some some nut on a Chelsea tractor would come, come, flying, come around flying in the corner. And, you know, all of a sudden, and it's a rubbish road surface, and before you know what, you're moving out the way, you know, your back end's away, boom, you know. All right, and not to, not to upset MD out there that owns, you mean, one of these rather large school run Mobiles, yeah. but a lot of the times they are in the self-entitled group. You know what I mean? I, I remember being in the room one night and I was coming back. Was it maybe? Was it Kilmacon? Yeah. No, it wasn't. The, it these was places aren't, aren't areas of huge social deprivation, let's put it that way. No. 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 But this woman was driving, I think it was like a Merc GL. You know what I mean? It was, oh, like, a, it was, it was like a, you know what I mean? Quite a big thing. And... I don't know where she was going, but she just decided to stop in the middle of the street, and then she proceeded to put her hand out the window and wave wave me past when there was oncoming cars. And you go, well, you're clearly no looking at what's coming down that road. How am I going to squeeze between your massive bus and the car coming the other way when there's parked cars on that? T-? And the, the ironic thing is, is there's a car park on her left hand side. She was at the junction for the car park. You go. Well, you could just pull in there. That if you're pulling in to go to one of these shops, how about you park the car in there and don't just stop in the middle of the road? That, that does sound like a Kelma comic, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? As we, as we like to call them it, yeah, you know. But it's like, you know I mean, it, it's one of those ones. You're coming in there and you're seeing what they're 
the back of their head's doing. And you uh, can and I said this to somebody else. I know when somebody's on their mobile phone, you mean even with the two second rule, because I can see the head going down, up, down, up. Looks about to make sure there's no police about. Uh, down, up, down, up. You see that yeah. and you go, they're on the phone. <laughs> and you're going, oh, that really annoys me. And I want to be one of these guys that drives up beside them and goes, knock, knock, knock. Get your phone, get off your phone, that's illegal. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? My wife keeps telling me, that's probably not the safest idea. No. You know what I mean? But. And if to be fair, people in that entitled group just look at you and say, you're not the police, so. I can do what I like. You know what I mean? Uh, but there you go. It's not for everybody. A lot of people don't, you know what I mean, feel that they're safe enough. A lot of people don't enjoy the being scrutinised. I, I don't necessarily feel. I need it to make my make my enjoyment of being on my bike any different than where I am just now. But as yep. you're saying, you can't remember now where you were before you did it. Aye, and and I suppose it's a bit it's a bit kind of like that in the sense of, you know, um, if you don't have 150 pound to spend or even 99 pound to spend, if you're getting a deal or whatever on it, you know, um, but you're but you're sensible and you're switched on and you're a bit savvy in the road anyway, you know, it's probably not necessarily that. Uh, a must for you, you know? no. And there's people out there that that ride that are probably naturally not cautious, but are, are safe Aye. and have passed their das or whatever. And then when oh, actually, do you know what that command position, right, or the middle of the road, right, doesn't work for me all the time? Yeah, I yeah. want to make sure that I'm giving myself that bit, and they just mm-hmm. they're naturally. You know I mean they're, they're just built that way? Aye. In which case, my biggest fear for doing the IEM would be that. That actually I'm not good enough, you know. Does that make sense? <laughs> I'm not really a very good motor rider, you know. What I mean, I mean, I've been riding for years, but and you know, I've you know, I've only dropped the bike a couple of times. But you know, I've never been involved in an accident or anything apart from somebody banged in the back of me, but it was bad. Um, you know, so I think to myself, well, what if I go there and just look like an idiot? You know what I mean? I, I no. But I don't. I don't think that's the case. No, I've, I've never. Ex- I've never case. met anybody to that. And actually, so I mean, I am tempted. Solely tempted to do it. Another thing, though, though, is the time commitment that you will need to put in. It's like anything. If you want to, if you want to do it, Aye, you have to have time, and you have to have time free. And as you say, if it's a Friday and a Sunday, and you work shifts or you work long hours, or you've got a, a job or a, a lifestyle Aye. that doesn't allow you to commit to particular days, it may be a bit of a waste of money for you. For you, the difficulty would be. That commitment to your observed runs. Forget yes. the social side of stuff on Friday and the Sunday. But every Wednesday, our group, the, the Glasgow group, or Glasgow South group, always met Wednesday night, quarter past six, at um, a car park on the other side of Glasgow, yeah. Shawlands, right? And albeit, as long as you're there between quarter past and half past six, that was fine. Um, and then you would set off no long after that. And then that was you. You wouldn't get back to about half half nine. Sometimes I've seen it at 10 o'clock just right. with, the, with the light because you're having that good a run. You just keep going and keep going. And mm-hmm. then you stop for a coffee and a debrief. And you know, and, and you, next thing you know, you're leaving the coffee place, whether it be Starbucks or Costa or Timmy Hortons or whatever. And you're going, Jesus, it's five past, it's five past ten. <laughs> aye, 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 <laughs> you know what I mean? My dogs need walked. Um, and that's the biggest... Because you can be out, you mean, albeit, you mean, for me it was like every week, but 
it was the the kind of it was if I hadn't a pushed it would have been every other week just because the amount of associates and the amount of observers we had because of the backlog of COVID mm-hmm. that was the the difficulty. Um, but again, the the policy with our group was is if somebody drops out, first one to reply you can get the space. Well, again, my day job working for a mobile phone company means that my mobile phone is right there, own all the time. So you got your space. So I got my space. You know what I mean it was the kind of standard joke at our place that you know I mean if I wasn't if I hadn't replied within like minutes. Folk thought I was dead. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then I was in a meeting one day and missed it. For so, so I think so. You're saying a big a big issue then is the commitment level of things. It, I it, think that's the biggest thing. I, you know, I get it. Ninety nine pound is a lot of money if you're getting it at that. You know I mean, if you're getting mm. it at like a show price, right? It is a lot of money. But I think the biggest, I think the time commitment's more the because you you're then committing to every other Wednesday for. You mean six, six seven months? Aye, for a whole season. Whole you season mean because you're going to need a day. I think depending on your level of riding, at least. And I, I, would, I would, I would be raging if I paid that money and then couldn't go out as as often as I could. Aye, you know. And there's there's, there's folk in our group that drop out every other week because their work's just in a position where they they need to hang on, or there's an emergency, or that kind of stuff. And you feel you kind of go, you're missing it. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that that's that, that that's I think that would be your biggest constraint. Yeah. And you and you has it taken the fun out of riding? Oh god no. No. That's oh god no. <laughs> I think that's a big I question for a lot of people because you know, as soon as you start introducing what people see as health and safety, health and safety into things, you know, people go, Oh god, it's the health and safety guy. Here he is, Mr. Mr. Charisma, you know. Um but uh, Twisties are so much more fun. Aye. I, I mean, describing even just that road at last where you can you can overtake in the, in the curves that nobody else would. Then just aye. 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 Why, why wouldn't you? No, the, we did that. One of our Sunday runs went from uh, we met at Boswell Services on the M74, um, and we drove down. We stopped at Bigger, and then headed all the way down to Moffat. I think we did about hundred and thirty something miles that day, and it was only a half day run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Aye. Um, but see between, you leave Bigger, and just after Bigger, you go into the back roads all the way to Moffat. And there's, a, there's a li- maybe about a mile stretch where the road's a bit, oh, you know, a bit bumpy and a mm-hmm. bit crap. But see, after that, it's lovely big sweeping twisties and right. you got, and I was the only associate. The f- other four guys were all observers, and we powered down that road. You know what I mean? Absolutely powered down that road. And seeing those guys put that technique and the, the practices in there. You mean we flew in there. You mean mm. so we met I think at half eight and we did that hundred and thirty mile with a breakfast, a full with a full breakfast in between there and I was still back in the house for half twelve. We flew. Aye. So it definitely makes it does make the twisties more fun and more enjoyable. Um and it bec- all these techniques that they teach you become second nature. You don't really, th- I don't think about it now when I'm out, it just happens. Mm-hmm. It's like a involuntary. So here's a question for you then, right? Yep. Should you restrict the type of bike you can get unless you've done IM? So no, because I think there's naturally gifted people out there, you know what I mean, that are just, that, that are good riders, but are safe riders, mm-hmm. that 
I, I suppose that could be controlled by that could be technically be controlled by insurance companies, couldn't it? Do you know what I mean? So if you go out there and you say, right, I'm buying myself a Hayabusa, right? Yeah. You know, and uh, and you phone up an insurance company and it says, I'm really sorry, but we cannot insure you for a Hayabusa because um, of your age or because <laughs> of your, you know, um, your previous track record, your previous of, being track record of being a loony, um, um, or because you do not have an IM. Or, you're or, not a or some sort you're of advice rider certificate. Advice rider certificate. It's one of those ones, but you, you, I mean, you could get there and ride to the speed limit absolutely perfectly every single time you were out on an observed run. Come the day of your test with your police examiner, you ride perfectly brilliantly to the speed limits and blah, blah, blah. The minute you're all passed and done, you get home, you pick up your brand new Hayabusa, you can still ride like a clown. Ah, you can put on your, your you new Power Ranger like, suit. Ah, you can still ride like an idiot. Um, so it's just about playing a game, isn't it? But then it's the uh, same with our bike testing. Aye, aye, totally. You, you're, you haven't to ride to a standard to prove that you can ride to that standard. If you then uh, completely ignore it and throw it the window, then mere fool you, you've just wasted the 99 quid. But you definitely need to take something out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where when you start to look at like, the fellow membership where you pay that extra 10 quid a year or whatever, but then every three years, you're guaranteed... <coughs> you, you, get the, you get your... Uh, you, you get, get that... Re- it's almost a retest. Uh, yeah. I mean, just to make sure that you're still you know, living the dream, but you're still meeting that standard. Mm-hmm. That, again... And I would imagine if you spoke to your local group and said, oh, listen, I'm doing my retest. Any chance I can come out a couple of runs just to see, you see how I'm getting on? Mm. I dare say they would turn around and go, ah, that's fine. Come out and one of us will come out with you, or right, tell you what, one of us will come out with you and like a Tuesday night or a Thursday night or so and so gear phone and just pick a day. And you know I mean, just to make sure that you're still up to scratch on you know cool. the kind of ins and outs. So, talking about all that, right? Because I know we're rattling on about in time and everything, yes, but we're going to talk about the highway code. Yeah, as well. So, um, because uh, there's some changes in that as well that affects. Because as if it wasn't boring enough, we're going to talk about the highway. Exactly. Code. Yeah. So, um, uh, so part obviously we talked about the fact that you you've been rushing up your highway code for your IEM stuff, and you probably need to know an awful lot more about it for that than than you can remember from be able to just pick it up from the last time you did your theory test umpteen years ago. <laughs> let's um, stop. Let's stop. Uh, so okay. in late twenty twenty one, the highway code is going to set some significant changes, and at this point, uh, overseas listeners will be thinking, "It doesn't concern me. I'm going to go and make myself a taco because it's Taco Tuesday or something like that, right? <laughs> uh, or maybe a Texas barbecue for a listener in Texas." Um, uh, but a uh, Unless you plan to visit or tour the UK, then maybe, you know, it's quite good to just hear about how these changes compare with the regulations in your country or state. So, yeah, and I think it's one of those ones as well, even though, you mean, you might be in a different country or state or whatever, and you don't, it's maybe worth keeping an eye on what regulations do change and how frequently they change. Um, But the changes that we're talking about here, they're, again, they're, they're going to introduce... Um, almost a, a road user hierarchy, um, with the aim being that those who can cause the most amount of damage um, are being given the most responsibility, which is it's almost... The, it's the Spider-Man clause, isn't it? It's like an unwritten rule anyway Aye. today that all they're really doing is just formalising it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, example would be, if I'm driving a, a van, right, or a, an Arctic, um, or, you know I mean, a big Mack truck, right... And I find myself next to a mammal, a cyclist, right, a middle-aged man in lycra. 
then me as the driver of the big massive lorry or van or whatever, I have the burden of responsibility or the duty of care to ensure the safety of the cyclist. Now, this is no mean that I need to follow him, right, and push other traffic out of the way so that he gets there safe. Uh, you, you're not his bodyguard. No, I'm not his bodyguard, right? But I need to... But with great horsepower comes great responsibility. That's exactly it, right? Uh, That's exactly the... the so let me... Try to just so what we're saying is that the highway code in late twenty twenty one is Uncle Ben lying in the ground. That's it. It's the and, un- and, 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 it's and the That's road it, user <laughs> is, is Peter Parker looking into his uh, eyes fading out and he turns in and says, "With great horsepower." Comes great responsibility. responsibility. That's right. that's it. Right. That's it. Cheers, right. Celia. Right. Thanks, right. mate. Right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, but it doesn't mean that though. It doesn't mean that a cyclist in that situation in that example doesn't mean that a cyclist is. Avoid of any responsibility. Do you know what I mean he can't be weaving? You know I mean Aye. frantically all the road, right? Seven abreast. Aye, but in the event of an accident, then you know I mean there's going to be more questions asked of me driving the van or the Arctic or whatever than there would be of the the cyclist. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think before you know I mean we'll go into it again more, but for me, all it's going to do is. Breed dash cams. Aye, that's all it's going to breed. It, it's maybe maybe whoever it is has written the highway code has got a holding in some dash cam companies. Aye, next space or something yeah, like that. Aye, exactly. And, 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 and of course, with this current uh, government, I wouldn't be surprised. So, <coughs> anyway, yeah, so but it, as you say, it seems like common sense. So we take the hierarchy uh, and look at it certain scenarios. So big examples, junctions. Drivers will be expected to make sure that no vulnerable users, pedestrians, cyclists, horse riders, because uh, you do get a fair few of them around our bit, don't you, uh, are crossing the junction well around my bit. You get suicidal owls. That's, true, that's, that's, that's interesting. Is the owl technically a road user? Or would, or would the owl fall under the CAA, Civil Aviation Authority? I think he'd fall under would, the Aviation Authority. Would we then have to be phoning air traffic control and let it's him know? alpaca riders you need to worry about killing <laughs> Lama riders, llama, exactly. Um, uh, so they have t- vulnerable users are crossing the junction, waiting to cross or approaching the junction with a likelihood of crossing. If you spot any of these in any of those situations, you are supposed to wait until it is safe before pulling out of the junction. So that's a bit like pedestrians of right away, isn't it? Kind of, aye. Uh, which, which, vulnerable which, users of right away. Vulnerable users, right. so it's vulnerable. Uh, and if you're behind a cyclist or a horse rider and you're approaching a junction, you must wait until they have turned out before first continuing. So you don't scoot up beside the, the, the cyclist and try and cut them off to get in front of them, for instance. Aye. Or an alpaca rider. Or an alpaca rider, exactly. You know. um, so uh, that seems like common sense to most of us, uh, but now it's actually law. Yeah. And to be fair, it seems like common sense to most of us, but you see people scooting up beside cyclists and all that because they because they know that they want to get in front of them. If MD wa- if MD and actually a junction's a perfect opportunity for you to take off quicker and get in front of them. If MD wants to waste hours of their life, go to YouTube and just type in UK dash cam footage. Oh, right? I, oh it's great, isn't it? It it's is hysterical. Aye. The amount of people who think that certain things that they do in the road that not only would I class as dangerous, but the highway code and the police would definitely class as dangerous. Seem to think that's the norm, you know what I mean? And they go, no, 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 that's the norm. And some of them are challenged on it, and they go, yeah, but my friend's a driving instructor, and he says that's fine. Mm. Well, he shouldn't be teaching him. I should be a driving instructor, exactly. <laughs> mm. Yes, so, 
Uh, past cyclists will also be changed to a clearance of 1.5 metres for under 30 miles per hour and 2 metres when travelling over 40 miles per hour. That's probably going to breed um, a massive sale in extendable measuring tapes, just so that you can... No, thanks or no? <laughs> selfie sticks. A selfie sticks. Selfie sticks. I know. A 1.5 and a 2 metre selfie stick. No. But um, obviously it's a, a guesstimate a bit. But basically they're saying you can go a wee bit closer and s- slower scenarios. Well, they already kind of started that but campaign here, didn't yeah. they? Where they put adverts on the telly to say, if, you, if a police catches you being too close to a cyclist, he's going to pull you up. Pedestrians, horse riders will be two metres as standard. Yep. Uh, and two metres is quite a fair distance. It is. And you must not exceed 15 miles per hour. Um, it's really only formalising a an unwritten rule and giving it a measurable target as such um, it's a very hard thing for them to judge I mean I don't think they're going to count and if you're 1.7 metres or whatever you'd but it's basically a sensible distance but they've got to put a uh, they need to put something there that's yeah there are reinforcements for pedestrians or cyclists or vulnerable users approaching or waiting to cross at zebra crossings now this is my pet hate but uh, carry on okay uh, it's all about not entering a crossing if you cannot fully clear it so it's like sitting over the top of a zebra. I mean, th- this actually reads like some sort of weird um, animal fetish thing. But you got to sit. You do. You cannot sit on top of a zebra, puffing pelican, tukin, or equestrian. Interesting to see how many people know that there's that many different crossings. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I do. And I do how to identify them? I know. Uh, uh, interestingly enough. <laughs> Um, I saw it was a was Endeavour I was watching the other night, and uh, the 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 guy that plays the kind of chief constable guy um, was doing his own safety video. You know, I presume something. I don't watch Endeavour normally; it just happened to be on the it telly. Just happened to be there. But, but they recreated a nineteen seventies um, how to use a Pelican Crossing, and it actually told you what Pelican stands for, um, which is really cool. Can't remember what it was though, <laughs> but it was brilliant at the time. Oh, is that what Pelican stands for? Um, um, public lights, um, something crossing, crossing yeah. Something, uh, anyway, uh, and and I think puffin pelican took in zebra. We know why a zebra crossing is called a zebra crossing, right? Puffin, I all think are kind of the kind of acronyms of that. What what the what the crossing is actually doing, yeah, yeah. Um, but if you cannot fully clear it, but I, I mean, I always understood you kind of sit on top of a zebra, you kind of sit on top of, uh, in the middle of a pelican crossing or something like that, but. You see people doing it all the time, you know. It's it's the it's the crossing equivalent of a yellow box, yellow crossing box. I've seen pedestrians on the crossing crossing it, and folks all drive through it. Aye, me too. And you Aye. think, oh, I want to go and cut your horns off. I you know, should have been so, on the road. But it, it clearly must be a bit of a grey area in the, the current highway code. Then about it, it is. you know. So it now is. they're saying, no. Any day, eh? Aye, they're really just mm. tightening the screw Aye. up on it. You know I mean? um, which again, I, I don't know. I'd love to know what the statistics are for people getting killed on zebra cr- or injured on like, zebra crossings or any kind of pedestrian crossing. Just <coughs> yeah. because the amount of people that you see doing them, and to be honest, right, it's I don't say it's not always driver or the rider because we should be paying attention on the road. You should see them coming, but there's there's certain. There's certain councils and states and where they place them sometimes I think is silly. They place them like five metres after a junction. The minute you put, the first thing you're doing at the junction when you're looking is you're looking in both directions. I mean, you always have that wee last check for 
in this country, anything coming for the right, you mm. always have that wheel check, and then you pull out. And the minute you pull out, you've only got five metres, which, again, isn't it that far? No. And then you haven't stopped because somebody all of a sudden's appeared and started to cross the road. And that's where you think, you know I mean, that's where now, again, as an advanced rider and reading through the book and all this kind of stuff, you then, the f- when I approach a junction, I'm looking right, looking left, checking for any pedestrians that are potentially coming. Last check right and then I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Because then I know that if it's there's clear. a pedestrian that potentially is going to go, then I know that I'm just going to creep around that corner really slowly because they might just put a foot out. Because the amount of, you know what it's like, modern day, headphones, earpods, mobile yep. phones. Talking to somebody on the phone. Pedestrians just don't watch. <laughs> no. And they just go, well, I'll just step out. It's a zebra crossing. Traffic's supposed to stop. Ah, well, that's assuming that people are watching. So I'm glad they've tightened it up. You know what I mean? I'll be the first person to stand there if a car cuts across it or is parked on it. You know what I mean? Because there's a, another part of the motor and they can't quite get around it. So we'll just sit on the zebra crossing. I'll be chapping Wendy. Hello. Did you know? <laughs> In my best 70s uh, uh, infomercial voice. And that's why we want a dash cam on Darren's bike. Yes. To capture that and the audio. <laughs> the minute that happens, I will download the thing <laughs> off the bike. Please do. Don't worry and you can see it. Um, moving on. Uh, now, these are my two favourite rules. And I'd just like to put a, a, a public information um, announcement in here that we are a family show, so do not let your mind go in the gutter. No, no this is a <laughs> warning, warning, you. warning, warning. There is no double entendre or innuendo or euphemism here at all. Thank you. <laughs> Carry on, Darren. So my two my two favourites that are going to be added, right, is an update to rule 239 on parking. A new technique commonly known as... Again, warning, warning. Funny. The Dutch reach. Oh, I kid you, I'm not. I'm not making that yep. up. No, the Dutch, that Dutch reach will be actually written in the highway code. So this encourages anyone who is in a car to put your head underneath the covers and. No. no. Oh no, that's a Dutch oven, isn't it? Right, sorry. Carry on. Anyone who's in a car and wants to open a door uses the opposite hand from the handle. Okay, so. Naturally, your body then twists, which makes it easier to see what's coming behind you. And as I said that, both me and Ian went, twist. Twist. Um, If you're sitting in the left-hand seat, then you would open the door with the right hand. So you would open the door with the right hand. If you're in the right-hand seat, you would open the door with your left hand. And I'm just just going to add something in here, right? That, however, could have a catastrophic effect on the NHS for sore backs. <laughs> it's the amount of folk that put their back out. Then or, that. or, devil's advocate, that small movement, right, every time you open the car door, may actually increase the strength of your back, causing less So, um, and back I'll problems. tell you why that popped in my head, right? Because I used to work for Sackley Police, and um, as part of the job, I had to drive... Um, vehicles yep. to, to go places and so you have to go and you have to sit and you have to get a, a driving test done by one of the police driving instructors right and, and it is literally it was more scary than doing my actual driving test right because clearly by that point all my bad habits were like you know ingrained it, you know they were, they were really bad level. habits at that point exactly you know, I, was getting, just habits. I was getting high scores on them right Do you know what I mean? it was like outrun right so <laughs> <laughs> but for those of you of a certain age you remember that game um, and one of the things he mentioned though was about that movement uh, was the biggest cause of drivers within uh, all driving industries not just the police but right, 
going off with bad banks. That twisting movement. Oh. Yeah. You know, he said, and, and, and getting in cars and getting out of cars and the way they twist. And, and he talked about how when you get out of a car, you're supposed to swing both your legs out and then stand up, you know, like you're kind of finishing a squat rather than twist your legs out and leaning over to get your seatbelt and all this kind of stuff. He said, it actually, was for people who drive a lot, you know, different different when you're just driving, going to work and that, and you're commuting, right? But for people who drive a lot, that is a huge, and especially police who get in and out of cars a lot. And I'm hoping funny, right? <laughs> but you're saying that, and I'm thinking, you arrived here today driving Baby Bell's car. Yes. Right, John's car. Yeah. Thank you, Baby Bell. That doesn't really, um, that doesn't really lend itself to swinging both legs out and then pulling yourself out of the car. It's the only way I can, so it's actually the only way I can get in and out of that car. Watch me get in and out of that car. I mean, it's it's not pretty, but it's effective. Kill McCombs answered the Charlie Theron. That's it. No. That's me. I'll yeah. get out the car this way. I'm, like, my I'm, legs like, the, I'm like the Jador advert when I get out. <laughs> she didn't. Aye, uh, yeah. it's one of those ones. I was, you know I mean, watch the space. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, so much much safer to do, but a catastrophic effect on um, orthopedics within the NHS. Right, carry on. <laughs> Chiropractors are going to make a fortune, though. I know. I might need to retrain as a chiropractor. That's it. Impending job security coming. I just use it as a backup. Hey! <laughs> we'll just end there. Uh, sorry, okay. This is my favourite. Right. right. Oh, this is good. And this is this, is this is a warning. This is sarcasm, le- sarcasm level turned up to 20. But but this is uh, this is very relevant in when, Kil- in Kilmuckle. When I say, <laughs> when I so say sarcasm level turned up, yeah. I mean that when I say this is my favourite rule ever and this is going to save so many lives for eco drivers now this is going to be written in the highway code you must ensure your charging cable does not pose a trip hazard to pedestrians so do not be a Tesla tripping tow rag do not do that <laughs> I read that and went dear god what is the world coming to That that's the equivalent of um, um when you buy an iron, there's a warning that's saying, warning, this product gets hot. Do you know I what I mean? Know. You know, do not, yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Do not make sure you're charging cable. And actually, that 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 rule does not need much more talking about it because it's so ridiculously it's absurd and everything that it, it actually makes its own humour, doesn't it? Really? It's not even worth Aye, no. You know? Anyway. Although for some people, they probably want you to trip up over that electric cable so you can just look at the car a bit longer. You know, as they can... as the oh, I'm sorry, did my Tesla oh, yeah. charging cable oh, trip you up? I think you'll find this, is a te- this public car park is actually a Tesla showroom. <laughs> <sighs> you know, anyway. Yes. Do you think in the highway code it will say, though, that if that is the case and you trip up over it, you can rip it out in anger and stop the car from charging and walk away going, <laughs> you ain't going nowhere tonight. I, don't, I wouldn't even rip it out. I would just loosen it a wee bit so that it stopped charging and make it look like it was lipped out. See, that's because that's you're an advanced, an that's, advanced that's rider. That's the advanced rider. That's, that's it. You, you've, you've seen, you've, you've looked at it, you've seen that further ahead. Uh, you know? Yeah, I'll to just me, I'm, a, wiggle I'm just it a, a wee bit. Just, just a simple so rider, pull it out of anger. You're like, no, 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 no. It's a long game we're playing here. Aye. I'm, I'm reading Aye. the road ahead. No, I want him to think it's charging until he pulls away. I want him to walk by as he's popping out the coffee shop going, no, Tesla's still sitting fine. Charging away, we're sorted. Up the road, all of a sudden. That's it. <laughs> See, that's what being in advanced mode is all about. See. There are a bunch of other rules that are mostly targeted to situations where drivers are not the largest road user. So when footpath and cycle paths crossover are shared, and in this situation, the cyclist burdens the responsibility or duty here. 
So that must mean though that cyclists have a duty to to pedestrians. Aye, aye. Yeah. So if aye, so it is literally that mm. that top down hierarchy. You know what I mean? If you're in a lorry mm-hmm. and you're on the road where there's anybody else on it, yeah. then you've got this, the biggest responsibility. Aye. Cars, you mean? Which, which for your for your mammals, right? Your middle-aged men in Lycra. Oh, they'll be loving it. They'll be loving it, but they but they won't be loving it when it comes to going to on the Sustrans system because for them that is their own personal yes. private highway. And you want eh, no, it's sustainable transportation route for all types of transportation that's non-motorized, and that exactly. includes. Shanks's pony, Aye. you know. So uh, and and people always complain, especially in chemical monsters. So chemical monsters page is brilliant for reading all that kind of stuff, right? And people moaning about cyclists scooting up and down because they do think they own the place. Yep. So I, I actually, no, dist- I think there's a lot of really good cyclists out there, but you know, like like in every walk of life, there's some wallopers, and it's good for them to, to just have it written down in blank and white that you know. There's I think we explained what a walloper was in the last episode, didn't we? We did. It's a family before. show, so I'm not going into detail. Um, <laughs> There's also in consideration for NHP's horse riders because you kind of forget about horses if you live in the city and all that. It just it's never going to. But regularly, there's horses kicking about the roads, the roads around here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and actually, I'm I'm even more careful passing a horse. I'm a very careful passing a horse in the car, but I'm even more careful passing a horse in the bike. Yeah. Because I just realise the noise and everything is probably even Aye. worse, you know, for them. But they also have a burden of responsibility because horse, horses are big things that can boot you in the face and all right. that kind of stuff. Um. A, to seek a ride safe course for your horse, the Institute of Advanced Equestrian Motoring. Well, it wouldn't be motoring, wouldn't it? Clop clopping, riding. Yeah, clop clopping. Yeah. So I, the, uh, the it, it did read when you read it. It reads the, like a CBT. Yeah. For horse riding. Is that right. Aye, That's right. what it reads like. And then you can join the IACC, the Institute for Advanced Clop Cloppers, <laughs> and <laughs> I know the Olympic Committee. That's what I'm saying. Is it? That's no, that's the IOC. Ah, oh, it's the IOC. No, the IACC. The that must be something to do. The Institute for Advanced Club Cloppers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so. If you want to see the full boring, in-depth government stuff, just Google UK Highway Code Changes and look for the www.gov.uk link. It's a... Brilliant read. Aye. As my youngest daughter says, sense the tone. Yeah, it's a super brilliant read. You'll be glued to the words. <laughs> if you suffer from insomnia, you know I mean, yeah. have a read at this. Absolutely. Uh, all joking aside, though. I used to suffer from insomnia, but I slept off, so it's fine. <laughs> God, they get worse. Yeah. Uh, I'll just uh, caveat at that point. That wasn't written on the screen. No. Um, all joking aside, though, all uh, the bad jokes were never written by them. They were <laughs> <laughs> purely from no. the brain of alone. Alone, the, the spelling mistakes, but no name. Uh, all joking aside, though, it shouldn't make riding any different. If you're a considerate rider to other road users, vulnerable road users, um, then it shouldn't make a difference. And for motorbikes, it means that in the event of an issue with a larger vehicle, the duty of care or that burden of responsibility falls on the the car driver or the bus driver or the lorry driver or whoever it may be um which isn't a bad thing in in my yep, view yep, yep. however if you drive or ride like a cycle or walk like aye, an idiot if if you're just if you're just a general walloper yep. then this is going to yeah, you, you you're going to need to change the way you behave when it comes to being on the road um because now there's going to be a, a much greater emphasis if you're if if you're up in that hierarchy, so aye, sort your stuff out. 
Smarten up. Smarten up. Smarten up. Stiff up a lip, gentlemen. Smarten up. Smarten up. So uh, there we go. Um, what's your conclusion then? Do you think? Uh, I think. I think again, we're going to disagree and think. But we go. Of course, it's a, it makes sense if you, if you, if you do it, you will, you will be a safer motorcycle rider, providing you do it and take on board what they teach you. Aye, I think for me, there's a conclusion runs in three ways here, right? One, I do think advanced <coughs> riding or learning the techniques that the advanced riding brings, whether that be IM or Rosper or whatever, yeah. I definitely think even if you take only a couple of things from it will definitely enhance your safety, mm-hmm. which is the main thing that, out of that. I do think there's a lot of little things. Mavit knows so much a lot of that. I think it's just, there's the biggest thing about not sacrificing position uh, not sacrificing position or anything like that for safety. Safety should always come first. Yep. I think there needs to be a bit of a greater emphasis put on that right at the start. So in a CBT, yeah, and working its way through. Do you know what I mean to to that DAS level? That and I'm not saying that they should be scored on it. Right, you shouldn't you shouldn't get marked down for you know I mean not moving over like half a meter just mm-hmm. so that you get a meter round bubble of safety. But it's it needs to be drilled in nice and early I think um, and as for the highway code changes well it's not going to affect me because I was always quite considerate anyway so Aye. one problem I didn't have with my riding was actually being considerate to other road users yeah I think I think for me then I think I, could, I, I agree in the sense of safety's first oh I knew it we've ruined it you've but, agreed but <laughs> but no there's a but in there alright there's a but in there right but it's 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 not the way, it's not a, a thing that you have to do if you're already a good rider. It's not the kind of, there's lots of things you can learn from absolutely, because I, I don't think anyone can disagree. If you get taught things that are useful, you learn from them, right? It's as simple as that. Yeah. But it's it's probably, it's a huge commitment and a huge amount of time and a reasonable, a considerable amount of money mm-hmm. if you're not going to use it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to be the kind of person that's going to walk up and go, you know, so I'm an advanced uh, an IAM rider and and I am going to and and you you know it can breed that type of pain in the backside person. Aye. You know that kind of the people that people don't want to ride me. Aye, the people that people don't want to ride me. So you know you've got to balance it around. You've got to be doing it for yourself and not doing it for the bragging rights. You know, and 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 I know people out there who. And to be fair, not riders, advanced motorists people, you know, because I used to work for the AA and it was full of them, right? Aye. Full of these people that used to just go on and on about their IEM and this, that, and the next thing, you know, and you just used to go, shut down, you know? Aye. And uh, so I, I think it's, it, like everything, it's a great thing if you do it for the right reasons, but my, one of the things that puts me off is I don't want to be f- surrounded by, you know, uh, health and safety Keith and <laughs> health and safety Keith and, and uh, cautious cautious uh, Charlie you know um, there is a I, there's a couple of times where you mean I've argued that we observers on things that I didn't think I didn't necessarily agree with mm-hmm. um, and you mean it always then becomes a good discussion aye, aye. on like interpretation and all that kind of stuff so I, I get that you mean I think anyone that's doing it out there for the for the kudos of being able to produce a little card that says you are an advanced motorist rider, whatever, then just just aye. Aye. 
You know what I mean? Le- le- aye, aye. Learn how to Don't. swim. Um, <laughs> in terms of the, in terms of the, should any of this stuff be in the road test? Probably not. I don't think necessarily it has to be. But if you know it, make sure that you're not penalised for it. Aye. You know, I think I think there has to be a bit of give and take. Anybody can pick up a copy of the Roadcraft. You can Aye. go on Amazon and order it. It's nine quid. You can watch. You, you, you can go on YouTube and you can watch stuff. You yep. Can, you can probably learn most or watch most of the IEM stuff. Oh, you know, nothing beats loads nothing beats doing it. But you know, but do not do not be so fixated and so strict on the test that when you're actually doing something that actually is a manoeuvre. And I think a great example of this, and it was, and it was an, uh, years and years ago. It was an IEM guy. Was you know oh, right? one, of one of them. But it was a very interesting. It, it was his daughter had done. It was the first time the theory test has come out quite a while ago. And uh, because he was an IEM guy, but he, he also the caravan, so it just gives you the sense of type of person he was, right? Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm only I'm I'm I'm, I'm just I've gone a bit Clarkson there, but caravans. I don't get this with fans. You know, they're a great idea as long as somebody else. Drive them, but um, and he was saying in the theory test, one of the questions was if you're pulling a caravan and it starts to wobble a bit, yeah, what do you do? You know, number one, maintain the same speed, number two, go faster, number three, slow down, right? Yep. And for the theory test, you slow down, yes, but an advanced as an advanced motorist pulling a caravan. You actually pull. You go faster before you slow down to pull it into a, to pull it back into to line with the, the wheels of the vehicle, right? Yeah. So he was saying, so you know, if you knew that and you put go faster, you know, you're you're, yeah, you're not gonna you're, you're going to fail, but you're not technically wrong. Yep. You know, so I, I, same goes for the hazard perception. Yeah. You know I mean because you could see that hazard way up, and you know I mean right up in that video, you can see. The big guy to bust up. The big guy to bust up, and you go click. But it's they don't want you to click until it's a developing hazard. Yeah, you go well. I'm you're yeah. looking at that but road, and I've, and I'm looking and going. So well, everything on that road is a hazard. You got one with a dog. That dog yeah. could be a lunger. And the greatest, the greatest bit of advice I got for that was click and then wait a few seconds and click again. Aye, yeah, you know, don't go click, 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 because obviously it knows. But you know, there's a leeway in there and then it allows you to, you know, for, for it allows you for people who do who do see that hazard quicker. Yeah. So that is a great bit of advice if you're doing your hazard perception test to click. Um. And then just give it another wee click. If you, I say, wait a couple of seconds. Wait a then click again. Click again, just so you know. You but, know. but but that's another example of you would be penalised because you're looking at it and going, well, that's a, yeah, there's a, that's guy a stand, potential hazard. There's a guy standing at a bus stop, but what they want to do is click on it when you see the bus, not when you see the guy at the bus stop. But, exactly. but, but your IEM mind says, there's a guy at a bus stop, therefore the bus must be coming. Aye, he's waiting on the bus. He's waiting on the bus. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... Aye. There we go. It's so, yep, I think it's good. I think uh, I think it's definitely worth doing if you've got the, if you've got the time commitment and if you can afford the ninety nine quid, then afford in the phone. And, and but here, then last week question then just from your opinion, I'll, I'll just throw this out there: if you're only using your bike to go two or three miles every day to and from your work, small country roads, is it still worth the money? Yes, right, it's fine. Thank more, you. more so, more so, because that's where you get. That's you going to automatic pilot. That was the answer I was hoping you'd give me. Aye. Good one. More so, because yeah. uh, if anything, it's just training you to be a bit more focused. Because you'll know yourself. Yeah. And you I think d- you uh, do the same road every, every, every day, night. Man, do you know what I mean? 
and I think you're right. People will think, and people will think to themselves. Actually, do you know what? I don't. I, you know, I don't. I don't need that because I'm only going up the road. I'm only on about ten minutes every few days, and you're going to go. Well, actually, that's that's an even bigger advantage to you doing it. Cause Aye, and it's not like you can take. It's not like you take the course and then you go on eight observed runs, and then you have to do the test. You know what I mean, I do think if you're going to spend that time, at, you know I mean, and the nineteen quid or whatever. And you've spent most of the time you get to that point, you'd be daft not to do the test. But if you day five or six and go, well, do you know what? I've learned a, f- a wee bit, a few wee bits, and actually this is yeah. not really for me. Then fine, you can walk away. It's it's not you know yeah. I mean, it's not like you have to hang on to it. You know I mean you can just walk away. Yeah, it'll be you're never going to be a full member or whatever. But you've learned a couple of safety tips, yeah, or a couple of things that make you that bit more safer and progressive on the road. And that's a one. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? So, so. Um, and just so that for people who maybe have um, friends and family that want to get themselves for birthdays, can they do the gift certificates? They do the f- gift certificates. There you go, folks. You so go. Um, if uh, if you've got a you know get a few folk to chip in and get yeah, if you fancy it, but you've not got the hundred pound, there you go. They can you can actually think of ways to do it. Or or, which is another one, if you have one of those nagging waves that go, I don't like you when you're on the bike. Oh, I don't like you on the bike. Go and be an advanced rider. Then that way you can go, man, I'm a fast rider. I'm technically safer. I've learned a whole load of new techniques that makes me I'm safer. safer than a driver. Might get it off your back. Or it might get him off your back. Again, Absolutely, yep. I'm quite happy to offend everybody. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and to be fair, the image I've now got really is offending our cross section of all cultural If concepts. you have a partner who yeah. nags you about your exactly, safety yep. on the bike... Uh, get, advanced riding get, course. get that partner off your back Unless of course you're quite happy for them but No, family show So, anyway We're going to need to get something Yes, I just get up, yeah <laughs> So, anyway, know the next so uh, tell me this Do you have a wee button there with like fireworks and celebrations and all that kind of stuff? No You need to add it in Because what is what is what has this been? This has been our Tenth show Tenth Ooh, There we go that's oh, alright Fair on that I'll just edit it out And I'll get a firework sound And put it in put afterwards it in. Perfect right So if, you hear, if you're listening to this And you hear a firework sound I managed to get a firework sound Celebration Excellent. Perfect you know I mean? I'm not going to kill a gang Because well Copyright you know I mean? I need Absolutely Royalties and all that stuff However Yes So that's uh, that's. Uh, are we finished concluding? I think we're I think finished concluding. concluding So I think it's That's again, it Yeah it's Kind of agreed But to be kind fair, though, we, we do kind of agree. We tend to, I know, uh, I know. Yeah. I'm going to need, if anybody out there has a topic that they think we completely disagree on, Marvel or DC? If only if it was Marvel or DC, then motorbikes, do you know what I mean? Then we could. Oh. oh no. the, the Batbike versus, no, actually, the, no, the Batbike versus think, the CCM in Black Widow. Uh, no, it'd be the Batbike. Bat of course it would be. Uh, of course it would be. You know what I mean? Doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Although... The Bat Bike versus an Iron Man bike. But there isn't an Iron Man bike, is there? No, but if there was. Ah, but see, no, that has to exist. Oh, it has to exist. It has to exist. Yeah, okay. It has to exist in the fantasy world of films. Aye, that's... <laughs> nah. you know what I mean? Batman's going to win it every yeah, time. Of course right. Unfortunately. Yep. Unless it's, you know what I mean? Unless, of course, it's the wee one for the 1960s film. Nah, that was still cool. <laughs> uh, nah, he's, he's winning every time. That's neither, that's neither a, a debate, you know what I mean? So, there you go. Cool. Cool, well that's it then. Episode 10 in... Bag. 
thank you all for listening to the ramblings of us, the average Michaels. This I say I keep saying this week, but they tend to be kind of fortnightly. We're going to get in the groove of being almost every fortnight. Um, again, depending on what's happening in the world, we yeah. work and all that kind of stuff. But we, no we, matter what, we love doing them, so we'll be doing them as quick as often as we can. I know that's it. it just again. It's Trying to get them in and get them yeah. The next one, I'm, I'm hoping the next one will be quite quick because we've got Halley, West Coast Halley at the weekend. We're super looking forward to that. So Aye. we just need to find yeah. that topic or, or that big question for what we decide because we try and keep them kind of mildly related to things Absolute, that have happened yes, or things yes. that we've been talking about in general. Um, but if we don't, we could just we could just talk nonsense for two hours. It's, yeah. it's quite easily done. Well, maybe, well, maybe if you're going out to West Coast Halley at the weekend for the bench weekend and you see us kicking about, we'll be wearing an average biker T-shirts, handing out a couple of wee flyers and things for you yes, to listen to us um, uh, with our new cards with the QR code. That means you can't know find us. I know, um, that's genius. Do you like that? That is, that is genius. Where do you see them, folks? And, uh, um, well, yeah, we'll, maybe we'll, you can chuck, chuck us a wee couple of ideas for Questions, suggestions, Aye, exactly. Back topics, you know. And if and if they're not going to the show, how else could they get in contact with us? Well, if you want to get in touch with questions or a possible big question, then please email us at averagebikersinacave at outlook.com or get in touch via our Facebook page or Instagram and we'll see you in the next episode. So until next time, only a biker understands why an owl flies at you at speed at 10 o'clock at night. No, that's not right, is it? Ooh. Ha <laughs> ha